Hey, this is Howard Phillips, and you're listening to Video Game Bullshit. This is Thor Ackerlin, and welcome to Video Game Bullshit. Welcome to episode 128, that's crazy by the way, of Video Game Bullshit. <laughs> 128, my goodness. 128, man. So we are 28. Eight episodes into the the next generation of bullshit. Bullshit lives. All of those fun Incredible. things, man. So, uh, so what you been up to this week, Tristan? Is it the same old, same old craziness? Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you heard that long sigh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just spell out this this long sigh. <laughs> it adds more corrections for my book. I'm done. Actually, I don't know. I don't know if I was done with PSP and Vita by that last time, but I'm done with the PSP and Vita. Done. No, unquote. you you weren't. You finished them, I think, during the week. Yeah, okay. Oh, it's yeah. such a blur. It's such a blur. I have no idea. So um <laughs> I got done with those and they were those were the last two libraries I needed to add to my books. Um what, what did I and- tell you after that? <laughs> I don't really, again, a blur. I said, welcome to the 95.5. You spent 95% of your time now with the final 5%. You're in the final 5%. Oh, boy, you're not wrong, man. (laughs) Like, I I swear I'm dreaming about this book now and, like, corrections. But I I have uh, a friend of mine up in um, Minnesota. He's he's a doctor for the Mayo Clinic. He's, like, a cardiologist. Does freaking open-heart surgery and everything. Dude dude did a freaking open-heart surgery last night. And then after he was done did corrections on my book and sent me some like notes. Yeah. Oh, okay. hardcore, hardcore. <laughs> Jeff Geske, shout out. Awesome dude. Uh, just invaluable, invaluable uh, feedback for my book um, as well good. as yours. Thank you for your feedback too. Um, yeah. I said, send me the rest, man. I will mm-hmm. look at it when I get some time. I'll- yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I, we're just going library through library and and uh, seeing which images need to be updated, which are out of order, or which you know maybe missing, um, whatever. <laughs> he's he's trying to make me okay. What would you do? I would I would like to know this. He mm-hmm. wants me to put the Harry Potter games not in alphabetical order, but in the order that they were released. Um, uh, like you know, Sorcerer's Stone first, and then you know, on and on and on until Deathly Hallows. Would you put them alphabetical or would you put them in the order of the books? I have in the past done that where I've put it if they fall in line alphabetically next to each other, and it's not like Sorcerer's Stone, a Harry Potter game, because that would be under mm-hmm. S, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but if they're all Harry Potter. Um, yeah. I have actually done that where I have taken a game where there's an unknown sequel. And I've put it right next to it. Um, or if it's a, I have done that. It's a, it's a technique. Um, it really depends because I mean, are you putting the years next to them? No. Right. Cause your books no, are not, only, no. only mm-hmm. visual. I would almost say visually it would, it would flow a little bit nicer. Um, to and put I get that. Cause one, two, like, three, four. There are examples like with like uh, Madden uh, 2014. It was actually yeah. called Madden 25. That would look weird. Exactly. Um, and exactly. And the same thing is if they spelt out the number versus put the number. They put the number technically it would be before it alphabetically if they wrote down TWO versus two. Yeah. And so, I mean, 
it's a technique. It's a, a known movie series too. Um, you could do the same thing with the Star Wars games um, or anything else. But it's oh. I would say only if they all fall within the same subset series. So and if they it's do. Like so I'll Star probably... Wars pod racer or something uh-huh. like that I oh yeah okay it was alphabetically but if it started episode four five six yeah like, i would put those in order even if they fell out of order uh, uh, yeah I, I get what you're saying and I'll, I'll probably end up doing the same but i'm yeah. just gonna let him stew on it and, and be yeah, let him stew for, on it for a while <laughs> but it's a i'll end up changing it now if you do that the scope creep is do you do that for all the rest of the books all the rest of the consoles. Yeah, I'm going to have to. It, it, so. it yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but it's really only might... Harry Potter that I didn't do it for. So, really, I should do oh, it. Oh, so you already did it in numerical order and not alphabetically on other consoles for similar situations. In C, yes, in similar situations, yes. Oh, then yeah, that's the easy one. Then yes, do that. Um, I know. Because, I'm, I'm just because doing. I'm it. thinking. I'm... Like with scope creep, man, if you had to do that with all nah. the consoles, I would be like, maybe from a timing perspective, don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but that's just me, man. I don't uh, know. I, I kind of gave some lazy ca- caveats <coughs> at the beginning of some of the chapters saying like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to put some variants if I feel like it. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I've like to know. Some don't. When I'm doing the complete series now, I like doing um, selected highlights is what I like doing. I started that with mm-hmm. uh, the NES Oddities book with doing selective Famicom games that you can enjoy without knowing Japanese fully. Okay. Um, yeah. Like I don't put in all the RPGs, but then I put in like action based games like <clears throat> your, you know, Galaxians and things that are completely yeah. playable. Um, and then so then with the complete NES, I have homebrew highlights since you know this episode we're talking nes homebrew stuff and we're talking mm-hmm. the next def compo um very appropriate that i did highlights though and so i covered so that way i don't have to cover everything and then my book doesn't become out of date the next day when seven more games are announced yeah uh-huh. um well this this is why i'm not including any switch any ps4 any xbox one and and on it well, stopped console it. isn't done I yeah. would say that's appropriate. And then in the future, mm-hmm. you do an addendum book. Number five will be the next yeah. generation. Yeah, yeah. However yeah. you want to do it. Yeah. Like you just continue it. I'm for sure going to do that. And yeah. and I was I was super tempted to do like even the Evercade. I would love to have that in my book. But oh yeah, once that's it's a growing done. library. Once it's done. Yeah. yeah once it's I'd, done. Mm-hmm. Well, and I like where the Evercade is going with individual releases now too. So that's going to yeah change same the scope. So there's multiple collections, multiple colors. Um. I just think it's Evercade is a a very underrated console, um, yeah, and in console library. And I think, and I was talking to um, the uh, the UK rep for I think it's Blaze, if yeah, I'm not Blaze mistaken. Interactive, yeah, I Blaze. Mm-hmm. I was talking to him, and, and one of the problems that they have, and, and this is just from a collector's perspective, and I think you'll agree with me. Um, as a collector, it's it's sometimes hard to break into a new console as as a collector collecting a new console because you don't know the scope of the library. If you yeah. have the scope of the library and you have that list in front of you, i.e. like if you, you know, all of a sudden decide that you're going to be a limited run collector, um, you know, unless you know what you're getting yourself into, um, it's a fool's errand. <laughs> well, and if you think about it, you go back to 
the Wii U to Switch collectors. So everybody mm-hmm. was collecting Wii, Nintendo collectors. They are all like, oh, get the entire Wii U collection, get all this stuff. They all jumped onto the Switch, assuming that it would be a similar size library. Yeah. Jumped into a full board. Oh, boy, it's not. not. Every single <laughs> game, limited runs started in year yeah. two-ish. They started uh-huh. doing releases. They're, oh, this is cool. It's very easy, very doable. And as it exponentially grew every year, you saw within the last year or so, a lot of people being like, I'm done. I'm tapped out. Not yeah, only yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. games, but just from a financial perspective, they can't keep up with every single release. Um, some are doing every single region. Um, it yeah, dude. And l- unless you've got a sugar mama, <laughs> Barry, um, you can't keep up with limited runs every release. So No. And I mean, if you even think about it, there's people too that used the limited run controversy of them, you know, firing their social media manager for for yeah. having opinions. Um, they use that as getting out of Switch collecting in general, or getting out of you know limited collecting in general. I I know I haven't. I probably talked to you about this offline, but I know I haven't mm-hmm. talked to you about this on the, this podcast. No. But uh, when when I went to Portland. Um, and represented premium there. Uh, there was a gentleman that I came across, it, an army guy, uh, an army major, um, yeah. that uh, was picking up every single release from every single limited company. And then when that happened with limited run, uh, you know, firing their social media manager, he was done. That was it his was excuse to get out. He was yeah. done with everything, every, everybody. Yeah, it, and it, it, it probably it was... wasn't like he wasn't mad at all the companies. He was just using that as the catalyst to stop collecting all the limited stuff. But guess who got him to come back to Premium Edition? The man, St. Tristan this, of Avara. This guy, St. Tr- <laughs> Tristan, sure. <laughs> now, we, we had a really good conversation, and I let him know. I mean, he had no idea that, you know, uh, you were uh, active duty Army. Well, yeah. um, you know, we, we've got a lot of military veterans on the staff. So well, and there was a whole time for years that I didn't publicize the military piece at all, no, and even on social media. And then yeah, when my we, social media got taken down, when I reestablished, I'm like, I'm going full blown. I'm just going to talk about all sure. the things people know me. They'll like me if I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm army. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and I mean that's that's kind of one of the things that that we deal with. Like you either you either uh keep it to yourself. Yeah, <laughs> you're drinking from a US Army mug. <laughs> that's good. Um uh you, you keep it to yourself um or or you're one of the guys that wears those like uh Vietnam veteran hats. You know what I mean? Like there's there's not a whole lot of in between. You're either advertising yourself that you're you're military or you're not, and there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong I, with that I at all. Once I'm retired, I'll have an OIF hat and all that stuff. You yeah, know, cool. I mean, yeah, I got the and go get OIF with my campaign star in it because I only only there during one of the campaigns. But um, but but most people while we're in, we're not sitting there advertising ourselves. Um, e- even though you know that's it's not a bad thing if you do. Um, because yeah. people like uh supporting veteran owned businesses and yes, premium so, and Hagen's Alley Books are veteran owned. Absolutely. And so, yeah, it's, it's just very interesting that like they do use that anything as a catalyst to get out of collecting mm. limited. And so that's the thing though, the scope creep of switch though, turned off a lot of collectors, man. 
It sure did. Um, right. So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit right now, and maybe you have. Sure. And this is just going to be a ballpark. Yeah. Um, do you know what the 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 count is for the switch right now? Currently, about in the Honestly, U.S. library. Um, a year ago, it was close to two thousand. Um, yeah, I believe it. Um, and I wasn't going just U.S. though. Um, as I was doing unique releases, so because mm-hmm. because if you go just US, you miss like Final Fantasy seven and eight, and you and they're all in English. Uh, yeah, and I, so I like get to it. me, to me, the Switch is the weirdest amalgamation because with the internet, with region free, with English on cartridge, there's really mm-hmm. no reason to collect just US for the Switch, which makes I, it I understand worse to collect for. Yes, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I, you know, it, but then you run into those collectors like me who have this like weird aversion to anything that's not ESRB, which is yeah. a topic for another day. I mean, but it's, there's there's a simple answer that leads to a more verbatim one, and it's and it's because the era that we grew up in with the NES. Um, it wasn't region free. Pal ran at a different hearse, so it just felt yeah, it true. Felt different, so we didn't like it. And then Famicom was a different cartridge size, so you had to use a yeah, converter. So it's like so. Peggy. So it's like yeah, it's like it's get the away same thing. Yeah. Whereas in reality, um, I got no issues with things. And another piece is, and this is where it would be a fun episode to do, is the OCD <laughs> nature of things. I wanted all to look the same, so that rating looks different than this rating. Yeah. It's yeah. not the same. It's not the same. Uh but yeah. <laughs> in in reality, it's it's a game and there's only certain ways to play certain things. I mean, cuz you got other things like um there's a perfect example and it's from I want to say it's strictly limited or it could be super. I can't remember. Um Slaps mm. and Beans. Um Slaps <laughs> and Beans is a very interesting beat 'em up game, but it's based off of a series of it's it's a partner duo that does a series of movies slaps and beans okay and literally this this duo of actors have all these types of movies and they literally beat the crap out of people and eat beans that's what they do that's their thing and, but and it's, that it's that like perfectly it's, illustrates- it, but it's european 100 yeah. european oh yeah it, it's a full game it's cool as shit but that that perfectly illustrates yeah. your point yeah. Where if if you just stick to ESRB, you're going to miss out on so much content. It's ridiculous. And um, there's like a history rabbit hole you could go on because there's even been some YouTube channels that have covered the whole history of slaps and be- like that whole thing. Really, I'm okay. going to have to look oh, up yeah. slaps it's, and beans. It's now. it's cool, like because because like those movies are like really like almost like Roger Corman style slock jock fun to watch. Um, you know, not quite. You know, they're trying to be like. James Bond, uh-huh. but they're but they're hilarious and humorous. Slaps too. and beans. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. And I don't know if they're intentionally or an unintentionally hilarious either. And it's like, but it, the thing is, is that was a game that was released in the first couple years of the Switch that I had no clue who they were. I actually didn't buy that limited edition wherever it was mm-hmm. uh because i just didn't know it and it was a beat-em-up it looked cool it, it makes sense that the game's a beat-em-up knowing the the series now but like sure. that's a perfect example of a like also that like it's like people in the u.s wouldn't necessarily get it so maybe they just no I, if it. i saw slaps and beans on the shelf i would not look twice at well, it and and with two pictures of people that you don't recognize because we're in the u.s yeah. and it's not a known franchise here well it's like uh it, that that reminds me of jj and jeff 
on yes. uh, TurboGrafx-16. Like, that means mm-hmm. nothing to me. But wasn't yeah. that, like, based on a Japanese show or something? Uh, Kado-chan and Ken-chan. Goodness, and, you know and, that? Well, well, and the reason why I know these things is because I'm going to be doing a Turbo book. But also, um, Turbo's, like, my favorite thing of all time. Yeah. One of my favorite consoles because it's so odd. I just It's so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but Game Center CX is yeah, based off of Yukio. Yukio is a comedy duo of a Reno yeah. and another guy. The other guy has done Game Center DX, by the way, with I didn't know modern that. games. And I think they only had a few episodes, but he did some uh, modern okay. games. And But they're a comedy duo. Kato-chan yeah. and Ken-chan is a comedy duo. Um, and so you'll see when you watch Game Center CX now, now you're going to catch it, where he'll make certain parallels of what somebody looks like to a random Japanese figure usually those are just comedian teams and things and that's actually a pop like the pop idol thing in in japan also there are comedy duos in japan i Um, can only name one comedy duo in japan it's downtown well (laughs) you also got most extreme elimination challenge Mm -hmm. which is takaishi's castle which is makaishi takaishi um which is an episode of Game Center CX. Um, but yeah. Master Takaishi, they just did a updated version on Netflix, and it's all has dubbing in it too, which is oh, cool. Oh goodness but gracious. It's all Japanese comedians in there. And so they're the ones like all the feudal lords, and they're just talking smack as people are running into a wall or slipping Dude. down a freaking thing. It's so fun to watch. That's okay. We need to talk about Japanese TV and video games in an episode now. Hell yeah. That'd be awesome. But yeah, yeah, so like that's a complete, complete necessary rabbit hole though. And, and the thing is, is that um, I think the turbo me and the interest of it, which happened after deployment, when I got back to the States <clears throat> in Miami and got back my, all my games as a kid. And I started collecting hard and I went toward the PC engine as I got my PC engine dual R. Um, I think that kind of got my brain to accept other regions as my savior. Now, <laughs> except other, <laughs> other regions yeah. though, as part of a necessary collection. And I still will separate my turbo and my PC engine. Let, let's be real. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Separate them. Yeah. But it's super freaking cool because there's so many fun games. And that's why when I started doing my books later, I was like, all right, these NES oddities, like all the weird stuff you wouldn't find at a Toys R Us back in the day. That's what the NES oddities book was. I thought that would be cool as hell. Obviously should have done it as a double book and had the homebrew as its own thing. But, mm. you know, I may do that in the future just as a, as a fun side note, but then I'd be tempted to add more to it. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, that's rabbit holes, brother. Like, it's like, that's why though, going back to your book, um, why it makes sense to not include those modern systems until they're fully done. And then yeah. my thing is do them all, man. Might as well. You yeah, might as well. I mean, you didn't put the XR Arcadia in there because that one's still not done, too. No, um, yeah. It's still going. And so if that ever finishes, if they say they are completed, then you add it. And I think that's And then, cool you know, once once the Switch line. is done, then I'm going to, you know, buy a, a certain series of books and just plagiarize the hell out of it. <laughs> I'll, give you the, I'll give you the spreadsheet, man. <laughs> I know. I'll, I'll give you the spreadsheet. Just joking. There's a lot of spreadsheets, man. There's a lot yeah, of yeah, spreadsheets. Yeah. Good luck. I bet there are. <laughs> Yeah, I, I use my I use multiple spreadsheets so I could check my work and make sure because I the first mm-hmm. thing I do with all these books, these these technically or technical heavy books is I do 
initial spreadsheet of every single game, QAQC, cross-check it from different lists. Um, there's a nice Reddit group that does a switch list right now that I use and I check too. Um, it's not entirely accurate. Mm. The R slash switch Never is. It's, it's in there, but it's 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 damn close. And I am yeah. very I, I give them a shout out whenever I can because they're Good awesome. Deal for the switch collectors, but um, I haven't downloaded the updated one the longest time, but that's what I use for each year is I use that as a validation. And then I cross check to make sure um, the thing that with the switch where it gets becomes a nightmare, Tristan is our streets of rage, Ninja turtles, strategy revenge conundrum. Now um, and it is an ongoing conundrum with multiple games. So first game gets released, say yeah. um, streets of rage four, right? Um, gets released or Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Um, there are three, four more releases on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And each one has its own release date. And each one might have different content. And they made it its own release. So that's crazy. Categorizing all that crap. Like, cause like I'm going to do it the best yeah, I can. Yeah, because that's a that's a variant rabbit hole that's just crazy. And from a gamer perspective, collector's perspective, technically you don't want the most complete version. You want the first print. As a collector, you want the first release. Um, Barry, as you mentioned him earlier, would like the most complete on-cart version, and that's what he wants as a collector. But yeah. from a valued-added collector perspective, the most interesting one is the very first release of the <clears> game. <throat> For example, Super Mario Brothers, they're all talking about the hang tab um version the uh matt sticker uh version of super mario brothers that's the most expensive because it's the first release technically on the famicom was the first release yeah so, exactly and it's not so, worth near as much and it's not but worth near as much that's but, just the familiarity of so, you know so if we're talking and then that regions. goes to regions as well so they want that first uh -huh. print in the region they like um yeah. But with the Switch being region free and all these different aspects and then you got multiple publishers that get multiple different releases like with Streets of Rage 4 and Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles, mm -hmm. there's at least two, maybe three publishers that have done separate physical releases of the original version. And now they're all going to do separate original with all the DLC on the cartridge and a separate release. Um, and they're marketing it as variants and stuff. Whereas back in the day, Nintendo, there are, I want to say over 10 releases of Breath of the Wild. It goes all the way through Hotel. Unreal. Because you can tell... On the back of a switch case, uh, there is on the uh, UPC, there is a little code, and that code will have an mm. Alpha, Bravo, Charlie um, on there that states if it's the first, second, third iteration of releases. However, letters can be skipped, which becomes a rabbit hole. And I only know that because I'm on the other dark side as a, as a publisher. Um, but the, like letters can be skipped because I noticed even with our own, we have the Alpha code release, but then it went to Charlie, and there's no Bravo physical release because Great. there could be iterative updates in there. Aye, um, aye, aye. But my Breath of the Wild that I have from Japan that has the DLC on it, which they never did in the U.S., is Hotel. It's <laughs> so that means there's Alpha through Hotel releases for That's Breath nuts. of the Wild. Um, and they do it quietly. They don't market it as such. Outside of the one where they put the DLC. Well, yeah, because I mean it's transparent to. I mean, uh, not transparent. It's um. It's seamless to to the end user because whenever you pop it in there, if it's not the latest one, then you know an update's going to be pushed to your console, right? Yeah. So it doesn't matter what version you have at that point. 
Um, whereas, you know, with, with the DLC, uh, releases mm-hmm. after, after the baseline, that's where it gets a little sketch, I think. Well, um, and, and the interesting piece is, is that I see a lot of, you know, modern collectors wanting, or, or the, the complete on cart collectors, they will mm-hmm. criticize a limited publishing company for not having it be complete on cart. If there's an update yeah. leader. And sure. I know limited run is marketed as complete on cart, uh, but from a financial perspective, a lot of these companies, premium edition games included, don't have the financial bandwidth to just do <clears throat> like multiple iterative updates of games. No, absolutely and, not. And like, if we want to be the first to the punch to release it as it comes out with the digital, you can't have it be complete on cart. So it's a it's a weird conundrum because I, as a collector, I don't care. I'll put it in there, and if it updates the cartridge, okay. Like I'm and I, I get, you know, so someone someone in the comments or someone right now is thinking, well, what about, you know, when the servers go down? Well, yeah. wh- you know, whatever, you know, I mean, you know, at that point, yeah, I'm sorry, like 50 years later, then you're just going to miss out on that content. You won't. Pirates, man, as I'm doing the hook. Oh, pirates, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, yeah, for, for real, though, like, yeah. if people want that content... Like people, pirates, not really pirates, mm-hmm. just really. Yeah, the ROM will be out there. Really, it's not pirates, it's preservationists. Yes. We'll have the content out there. We'll be able to make it work. Um, mm-hmm. The nervous thing, and this is the scope creep piece, is the the who's to say, as Kyle would always say on Video Game Bullshit, the who's to say comes to play, which is who's to say that every single game will get the same level of preservation. So a known game like a Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild will get the preservation, absolutely. But what about a... Maybe not Slaps and Beans. <laughs> or Sea of Stars, where a certain uh-huh. thing was removed from the content. Um, you know what I mean, though? Or a Pigeon Dev Games collection, if that got yeah. an update to to remove something or you know what i mean um, was that foreshadowing or were you just making an example like uh throwing an example no out definitely not there's no update for pitch and death games collection no 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 uh, um i was talking about sea of stars oh yeah i was definitely foreshadowing to a okay. uh, topical news thing we're gonna okay about. yeah so you do know about it then <laughs> uh, yeah of course yeah. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even talk about what i got going on we're still talking about you brother yeah i know go ahead <laughs> Jeff, what do you got going on, buddy? Nothing. I'm been been bored. No, no, nothing busy. Yeah, at all. Uh-huh. nothing going on <laughs> in your life. So, um, I can't go into details, but um, yeah, over the last week, actually, it was like Monday night, like a couple days ago. They're like, "Hey, by the way, tag, you're it." So I am now the battalion senior listed battalion command sergeant major for the entire organization. Um, and so no details, but I have about <laughs> 500 plus soldiers now that are under my purview out here. Um, and as we mentioned last week, I'm moving in the summer to go to the Sergeant's major Academy, which means I'm working in a couple levels up position, um, before I've, you know, the military has given me the train. There's like, here you go. You got this. And in reality, I'll figure it out. Um, I'm just here to, you know, do good. And but that means sure you get paid for that too, right? No, absolutely not. No, <laughs> no definitely not. No, no. That was a facetious question. <laughs> definitely not. We always do work extra. Um, but the thing is, that means I'll be super busy doing extra things. Um, more so these first few weeks, the first month will be as you as you transition to a new job, you have to learn all the the, the battle rhythm things that we say in the military, but all the ongoing 
normal operational things. Um, plus, I got to hand over my mm -hmm. own responsibilities to somebody to cover down as I'm covering down. And this is a cover down thing. This won't be, hopefully, won't be a permanent thing the whole time I'm out yeah. here. Um, but if it is, I'll do what I need to do, make it happen. Um, yeah, it's just gonna it's gonna take a little bit of a um during the weekdays i'm not gonna have time to play any games because um, <laughs> i i have started to do a um because I'll, I'll go from meeting to meeting to meeting during the day i've started to do a all the way till 10 p.m checking my emails while i'm having a nice vodka or tequila <laughs> and doing a doing a nice tequila while i'm checking all my military emails and that's the time unfortunately for the hobby side that's the time where i'm usually work getting um book updates done and stuff where i'm like catching up mm -hmm. and trying to get the complete genesis and all that um which i do have done through the s's now written this weekend hey. i got a little bit done a little bit um but i did actually have something templated to talk about and it's called the multi-storage puzzle. So this is a new conundrum. It's not new, but it's a conundrum that I have. And I want to see what your take is on it, Tristan. Okay. And any of the listeners, if they have anything, hit me up. Um, so in order to come out to Hawaii, um, we moved from Georgia. So oh. our household goods were put into a non-temporary storage. That's half of our house because houses here in Hawaii are smaller. So we brought our necessities out here in Hawaii. Um, which means my, and, and this is where it becomes so non-temporary storage, Hawaii stuff, all my gaming collection. We got a personal storage to put all of my gaming collection in, in Georgia. Now Kyle has all of his collection up in Indiana that I have in a second, uh, a tertiary storage. My goal was to be retired and, you know, within the next couple of years, get everything together where our final resting place is. Florida's what the wife's planning. But now I'm not retiring. Conundrum is two monthly storage fees, which are like a hundred bucks a piece or more a mm -hmm. pop every month. And now if I'm not talking a couple years, I'm talking three, four years. That's so a couple extra years. The multi-storage conundrum. <laughs> and what do we do now? Because like I'm about to go to Texas for training. Obviously, need to keep exactly what I have here in Hawaii. That's what's going to go with me to Texas. The stuff that's in storage, we should leave in the non-temporary storage. But then I still got these two collectible storages. Mm -hmm. And obviously this is the stuff that I've curated that I want to keep for my you know, final house. So there is the multi-storage. <laughs> the way, yeah, I, the, the gears are grinding in my head. Um, but the, the way I see it is you have, you have a, a few options. Uh, I got one comment. You said that you're, uh, you're um, going to end up in Nebraska. Uh, yeah, I'm not ending up in Nebraska, Tristan. I know. <laughs> I just killed the joke. I was going to say, you, you said you're going to end up in Florida. I was going to say yeah. you you pronounced Nebraska wrong. Yeah, um, but <laughs> I figured you were going there. You got to convince Andrea, not me. I'm down to go wherever. Um, I do know oh, no, my, my old bones I'm, would hurt up there in the cold. No, 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 no. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, wish nebraska cold on anybody so <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to sell it i was just kidding anyway hey. uh so 
short of you going out to one of those storage units and and taking a you know a U-Haul or whatever and and driving it to the next facility yeah. and, and combining everything, which which my one in Georgia is full, which means I would need to upgrade to the larger size, uh-huh. yeah, and then move two storage units essentially into one, and the upgraded size the cost becomes the same. As just leaving it put. Seriously? Okay. Yeah. Well, at that point. And I'm like, I, I did that cost analysis um before we did it because I'm like, oh, um, when we consolidated all <clears throat> of Kyle's uh collectibles, um, I was like, oh, we could just put it in a U-Haul and driver to to Georgia. And then Andrea did the math and she was like, us for us to get the bigger storage unit, it was like double the price. And because our, our current one in Georgia is full, it's packed to the gill. Like it's not yeah. all the way to the ceiling. It's like, I didn't want to put too many to crush any totes, but it's, mm. it's packed all the way with games and stuff. And yeah. so, and so it's like, man, I would have to get the next size up, um, which is almost double the price. And the one that's in Indiana is it's not packed. It's about half full, but we went super tall. And so it's, I it's just, uh, I don't have an easy answer for you on that. I'm, I've mm-hmm. never been in that position where That's uh, a weird I've, one, I've man. split and I just, I, I, you know, of, of course you're going to keep up on it. I just don't want to see your collection or Kyle's end up on storage wars. No. And it's, it's auto payment. It's <laughs> oh, of course every time. Like, we're yeah, good. I know. I and know. yeah, but it's like, it's very interesting. Um, because, like, the non-temporary storage is, like, I got to see with household goods. Like, hey, can you all go and send people? Yeah, exactly. Like Into the non-temporary storage. Because uh, because my thing is, we did the our own <clears throat> personal storage because there's high-value stuff in there, like kiosks and arcades. And I don't want military movers touching yeah. that stuff. Mm-hmm. They just, as fast as possible, toss it on their truck. And then they offload it when you're not around into the storage facility. And so that when you're not around, who's to say what they do? Who's to say come yeah. to play, man? So it's like, ah, that's my conundrum right now, man. Is yeah. We're just going to be stuck paying it. You know, I, I, I'll say right now, if I had space in my storage, I, I would uh, offer to, to host it, but I just don't. Mm-hmm. No, Especially man, with my, it's, uh, it's a lot. <laughs> thousand, not. thousand books about to occupy some space in there. Oh yeah, no, no. And the collection's big, dude. There, there's no yeah. way. Like, unless somebody just happens to have a giant warehouse. Um, mm-hmm. but no, it's that's the conundrum right now. Mm-hmm. Is what how do we do it? What do we do it? And I think some of it will play out because in the army, I'm gonna go to training in Texas. Where they send me next after <laughs> that, if they send me to back to Georgia, done. Yeah done yeah. mm-hmm. i just we get it all together we get it all together so i feel like it, that's going to be the thing is is that after texas as long as they don't like have us come back to hawaii or go to europe or something like i feel like i just consolidate it all and then i'll just take a trip out visit family in indiana that'll be great get a u-haul drive it to where we live yeah exactly and then put it all in there and then mm-hmm. come up with the next solution <laughs> it's a lot of stuff though man yeah, I was hoping to build the retro Zam and and do some, you know, legit charity like donations to uh sure. for the sales of the games and stuff. Um yep, postponed. Yeah. That um, is the conundrum, man. Dang. It's crazy. That is the crazy one. Um 
So the only thing I have in the news is a follow-up to last week's before we get into the main topic, talking the NES homebrew, NES dev combo, um, and then project stuff. So I say let's do the project stuff, and then we'll do the the news. And um, So essentially with the projects, um, the Metroidvania Chronicles right now is, I think, about six days left, so it'll be done before the next video game bullshit episode before we record um it's over the first stretch goal which i know we had talked about i don't know if we talked about on the episode but first stretch goal is all of the stretch goals besides for the mystery one um so i didn't recalculate uh when i did the uh the metrovania chronicles i left it at the other one which the books were more expensive which means it would cost more, because they're larger it costs more to make them so that's why the stretch goals were tiered as such this is a smaller form factor book combined with a smaller page count um so it is it's going to be um significantly more affordable to add all of the bonuses so all the bonuses have been unlocked um yeah, but yeah, yeah. The bonus one, if we hit it, and that'll be the 20k, which right now I think we're almost at 12. But if it'll be the 20k one, I'm gonna add something awesome <clears> to it, like a slipcase with foil or something awesome. Um, that's free for everyone. I'm just gonna add it and I'll unveil it when we get within the 72 hour mark. I'll unveil what the idea is because we're already doing a, sl a limited edition slipcase, so um. I'm gonna do something cool. I don't. I'm gonna do something extravagant. I don't know. Um, gild it all in in leather or something. No, <laughs> it's like I'll do something. <laughs> do something cool though. I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna do some awesome upgrades to something. Um, just as a thank you to everyone. But, Very cool. But yeah, so that's the Metroidvania Chronicles. Um, I'm still working on the Genesis book and the Switch book. Um, still in research mode, so I'm working on those. Um, the Jeffrey Winnegan's Black Box Challenge, the Twisted Realities book, has been ordered. And so I did the final proof uh, approval for the grayscale of that, which is really cool. Um, and then um, we are working at Higgins Alley Books with Rob Strangman uh, to on the uh, very baseline of doing a really cool uh, pocket versions of his books. And he has four now instead of just the two that have been released, mm -hmm. which is uh, Memoirs of Virtual Caveman is the one that I have that I love. And yeah. um, it's like eating candy in outer space is another one. And like they're, they're yeah, really yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. his, his writing style is so fun. It's like so personal that you can like follow along with his stories. So it's a, it's a really cool one. And um, you know, Rob has had a, has had a rough go at it uh, over the last couple of years, just with stuff going on and, you know, being able to get his books out there and, you know, publish them. And so he'll have a ton to sell for a while too. It's going to be mm -hmm. cool. It's going to be really cool. Yeah, I, I hope he's going to be able to go out and uh, like you know sell sell his books in person, do some book signings too. That he like I like he's, he's been writing for a long time. Like, uh, um, what's that? Uh, I can't remember. They did a, a Konami so did shooters a, and yeah. Um, um, so he did a horror one that he was yeah because because uh -huh. because Rob is the Splatterhouse guy. So he yes. ran West oh, Mansion, the website, and he had input into the Splatterhouse remake. And so he has stories upon <clears throat> stories. And <clears throat> so he actually contributed to a lot of Kirk Collada's horror book. 
that he did his little horror like little digest well what are did. the other ones called it's like hardcore gaming 101 or something like that yeah that's what Kurt is that what i'm thinking of the series yeah he calls okay yeah hardcore. Yeah. hardcore gaming 101 is his like website and he does put that branding on some of his books yeah um i've been trying to get kurt to move away from freaking amazon printing for the longest time he's just like <laughs> he just goes to amazon formatting and i'm like dude yeah. we could do some cool stuff with his because his layout work is he does awesome stuff and, and mm -hmm. awesome writing and i'm like dude we could do so much more with your books create a legacy and he's like oh i'm just i'm good with amazon okay all right <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm just here to help have fun. But yeah, so that's about the projects that I currently have going on. Um, and I know we already talked about yours. And then Yeah, um, I I've I've just got one little thing to add, I guess, since I already talked about my book. Like um uh I, I'm downsizing my collection a little bit more. Like uh I'm I'm going through things that are kind of redundant in my collection. Interesting. If, for example, I've got a, a Pioneer Laser Active hooked up on CRT out there, so I don't need my JVCXI, right? It already, I, I can already play Sega CD and Sega Genesis games on my Laser Active. Need versus want. Exactly. So I've been downsizing a lot of things that belong, can be enjoyed more by by other collectors and uh i recently got rid of a copy of pokemon blue uh that box jvcxi that i was talking about a uh, copy of breach and clear uh which with a vita collector that's actually helping me with proofread my book he doesn't have breach and clear yet and then um a huge ticket item that i don't think i'll ever see again in my entire life and i I don't know if anyone has seen one of these things. It's an entire Visteon Game Boy Advance kit. It's 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 an uh, like original kit, like a new old stock kit to put it in a minivan. That's like awesome. everything you need, harnesses and everything. It's yeah, just crazy. Yeah, you won't you won't randomly come no. across that. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> one thing I would say to take into consideration as you downsize, especially when you're talking old school consoles like your laser actives and XIs, um, mm -hmm. keep in mind capacitor leak and yes. mm -hmm. make sure that whatever you stay with in your collection, you know how to repair or have somebody who yeah. can repair it. Um, because for example, I got all the caps replaced on my turbo duo. I got all the caps replaced on my express and my yeah. nomad and all those things, because a lot of that stuff was not made to withstand 30 years of, of play. Correct. Um, yeah. Especially that NEC stuff. It's pretty bad capacitors in there. And if um, you let it leak, it'll leak on the board and then you got more of a mm -hmm. problem to fix. But yeah, no, my, my laser active has been done. The Sega pack that's inside the laser active has been done. And those are a nightmare, apparently, to uh, recap. Yes, um, that's why I was saying that, because yeah. the is much easier to work on than the laser active. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. but it's already been done, so it, yeah, I'm good there. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Good and my, my duo's already done, and yeah, on, on and on. I, I just yes. had my Play Choice 10 recapped. Yeah. 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 Um, we do have one more thing for Project News because we didn't talk anything premium. Um, so with Premium Edition Games, uh, we've been doing some second chance sales on the website. Um, mm -hmm. We're about to jump into the Gamers for Gamers edition of Mighty Fight Federation, finally. Um, and if you don't know, for the listeners, because I don't think we've talked about the Gamers for Gamers editions of Premium Edition Games stuff, um, and this is a charity thing, is that 
Gamers for Gamers has a charity called Gamers for Kids. And a percentage of all those sales goes to the Gamers for Kids charity. That charity is ran by us. We set up game rooms in homeless shelters. And we have pictures Mm -hmm. and stuff as Josh and Sheena, who run Gamers for Gamers, they have done those. Um, We have set up, we've used the money to set up one of them. And now we have enough money to do another one. We've been trying to figure out the area, the location. Um, Josh was trying to have me find places in Hawaii, but I'm like, that's not real reasonable because everything out here to import it would be too expensive. Because we're trying Mm -hmm. to do it, you know, maximize how we use those funds in order to do real benefit for the kids in that homeless community. Um, the homeless center um, to build game rooms. And we, we'll put it in consoles and things. And and Josh and Sheena, they buy stuff in bulk. So they're able to save on pricing to get like a Nintendo Wii or whatever and put a bunch of games in there and mm-hmm. make it really cool for the less than fortunate kids. Um, we don't claim to be donating to places like the other, you know, the charity that's in the news. Like we don't claim to be continually like what we do is we, consolidate all the funds and then we do a game room and as soon as we have enough money we plan it and we do a game room um yep. i am going to try to fly out when we do the next one which i might do while i'm in pcs mode for the army so i'm already in texas and i can just like pop over so it doesn't cost a shit ton of money um but yeah we're looking to get one of those new game rooms done so the Mighty Five Federation. Um, it's we didn't add any extra like extra bonus costs to anything. Um, I think they're gonna they're like they're they're limited, and I think they're fifty dollars instead of forty. And because he is, oh, wake up, Tristan. Sorry about that. Wake up from your nap. My gosh. Um, but it's uh, Josh also custom prints on it, and there's new art on there and all the other stuff too. So there's brand new art the art's done by a local mm-hmm. artist on the east coast dude super cool i met him at a convention last year guys is really rad um yeah and so this one was the last one of series three i don't know how we hadn't done the the games for gamers edition for but that is going on the website uh soon and other stuff in premium news let's see so um Bobby six, seven has finished assembly. So those should be shipping out to backers, which is the NES game or it's like NES run and jump, you know, shooting and fun little story based action game. Um, Really awesome game. Silver editions um, look badass. have all new. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. And so those are, those are limited in scope too. Uh, When we have a second chance sale, we'll put up the quantity that we have left, which isn't a ton for the NES games. Mm -hmm. We don't, overprint a lot we just print enough to cover like damages and stuff so if somebody's game is like mauled by the usps or something we can replace it um and then the raji collectors editions which have a freaking art book in it that we've been waiting on this damn art book for months um and a awesome sleeve that everything goes in a slipcase that everything goes in gorgeous is awesome and it turned out amazing because what we think is is when we create mock-ups online they look cool now we see it in practicality it looks so rich so vibrant like the artwork turned out awesome um i haven't been able to check out the book yet um but i know that the art book has been it's been curated by the developers it looks awesome Mm -hmm. um so that's the premium stuff and then we got the vgbs advantage where 
I am currently working on something that we haven't announced on the website or anywhere else that we could talk about here, Tristan. Yeah. So the um the classic series mm-hmm. that we have talked about a couple years ago, um, we have finally found a developer and is working on stuff. We already have a proof of concept of games working. Um, so the classic series will be starting. Um, we're not going to call it the classic collection volume one or any of that stuff like we had marketed. Um, and some of the games will change because over the last couple years, some games, I think it's air of the crowd crow maiden or yes. body, which premium has published. Some of those games have gotten releases with digital already with, with other digital publishers and stuff. So we're going to put the games in the collection that are able to be put on there. Um, mm-hmm. but this is where things get crazy. We're probably going to call this something like the eight bit indie something, eight bit indie heroes, eight bit indie collection, whatever. Um, maybe it's eight bit indie collection. Um, but we're going to call it that because with this programmer, they can do anything. So we could do Sega Genesis in the future. We could do anything from an indie collection perspective. We could mm-hmm. take budget or, you know, dollar games or something like that. Um, or smaller experiences from the Steam library and do a collection of those. We could do Steam Indie Library, like to, in order to get those on a collection. Like there's a multitude of things that we could do to help preserve indie games. Yeah, we can do a lot more than we can't do with his tool. It is uh, quite a robust uh, piece of software that he's developed. Yeah. And I think once oh. we actually have everything locked down we're gonna bring on the developer here and do an interview. oh oh man uh, yeah cool. he'll blow yeah. everyone's mind <laughs> yeah i don't i don't want to ping him now so he starts getting random messages out of the blue from listeners sure, but yeah. like we will we'll have him on so we could talk about it yeah so the the nes collection will be a thing um there will be it's you know I, i'm calling it indie because it's home it's homebrew but it's indie mm-hmm. um but i want to call it 8-bit because that way we're not going to have Nintendo, you know, say, well, you can't use Nintendo Entertainment System or NES. Like, you got to use. So, we'll call it 8-bit yeah. Indie Heroes or 8-bit Indie Collection or whatever mm-hmm. we want to call Because I think the Heroes is what they called it on the Evercade, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, but <laughs> we'll see how it all uh, all goes down. Once we have all the details, um, there'll be a trailer announcement, a big old thing. I don't know if it'll be part of a future premium direct or if we just have a, you know, a buzz trailer that we do on premiums, YouTube. Um, Tristan's been uh, the video editor for a lot of these awesome trailers. You've been seeing the freaking one, um, that popped up for, I think it was a Phenotonia PS PS, uh, four version. That was freaking awesome, dude. I oh, that wasn't me, actually. I, I won't no? take credit for that one. Who nope. was that one? That was Phil. Dude, I loved that one. That, that one was, was cool. That was simple, man. Um, mm. Yours, you've been doing narration, which has been awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm uh, overachieving there. So uh, the are. next one that you'll see will be the, uh, the Mighty Final Fight uh, Gamers for Gamers. I just trailer. like how you keep calling it Mighty Final Fight. It's Mighty Fight Fight. I mean, oh, geez. I'm sorry. MFF is just, it's messing me up. I've been letting you do it. I've been letting Dang you do it. it. The whole I'm episode. doing that all day, too. <laughs> Mighty Final Fight. Mighty, That's Mighty Fight Final Fight. Federation. <laughs> the Mighty Fight Federation trailer uh, is going to be uh, going to social media tomorrow. 
Um, yeah. If you see it, uh, it's something I made. So it'd be cool. And yeah. that's the Turn thing, though, is that the indie one's going to be awesome because, and that goes hand in hand with this episode, being able to support, you know, independent game developing, NES homebrew developers, NES independent developers, aftermarket developers. There's so many little buzzword key terms. Um, it's been <laughs> awesome. Um, it's just been fun getting them out there. Uh, and we're also figuring it out and we've, we figured it out, but we're, we've, we've, going to take care of these developers too so that way they get some compensation for their work yes um which is nice um so it's gonna be super cool man and premium's gonna have a big 2024 we had we did a team member meeting last week and we got a lot of games coming man um we gotta get some stuff we're gonna be busy because tristan and i we're we're the we're the uh, design and production side we gotta get a lot of stuff produced which requires Mm -hmm. capital which is always fun and so we're going to get that done. And then they're going to, they're doing awesome on the marketing and the sales side. It's, it's bad. It's badass. And when I say bad, I mean like the power glove. It's so bad. It's, it's so bad. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, cool. Um, so shall we talk about the update to the completionist charity that's in the news? Yeah. You kind of alluded to that. So yeah. let's, let's, let's just dive right in. So we um we talked about it last week where we, we said like you know I have run in the same circles as some of the other people that do all the things um don't know the guy personally but here was my situation and I did a bunch of well who's to say that this didn't happen who's to say that this didn't happen mm-hmm. like maybe he wasn't involved with stuff and his dad was running it all um and all of those points still stick because they have not put forth any type of details on the completionist side. However, Carl Jupes has done his video and has given more evidence that he had not conveniently not given on his other videos, including more um, portions of the audio. And at 3 a.m. or earlier mm-hmm. this morning, more audio has been leaked. And essentially, I didn't know that. Yeah, and essentially, um, Gerard's unfortunately on there when he talked to them on the call and says, you know, basically he's worried, like, what do I need to do to you guys? Alluding to that he was going to, like, do you need something to make this go away? That's not good. Yeah, it was all alluding to it. He didn't say any of it, but he was alluding to it. And the thing is, he absolutely sat on money and promoted that he was donating things continually through his Mm -hmm. charity streams. And this is where everybody has every right to be angry that they're, especially those that have donated that their charitable donations that they were being told were being to go to these organizations to support. Um, We're not, we're, we're being held until they all go together to be sent in lump sum. But he only submitted it because he was called out. Like he only submitted it so fast that he, he called out um and then just to complicate things tristan before you give some 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 notes um there's been some tweets that people now are highlighting from march where he says that he earns six hundred thousand to seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year for charities <laughs> and so he just did one contribution of six hundred thousand dollars that he's been able to prove but he's been if he's been doing that a year there's a lot more questions now. So this is just the the crazy bee's nest um, that is going to unfortunately go on. And the yeah. guy 
has been caught in a lot of lies, unfortunately, trustworthiness. And when you're donating money to people that you don't have confidence that they're being, you know, having integrity, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's a, a key factor. And that's something where us both being military, like we have core values that were instilled in us. And that doesn't yes. mean that everybody is a damn saint in the military, but it does mean no. that you're supposed to adhere to core values. And that's why like veteran businesses, like, you know, at least that they're supposed to adhere to core values. And we both see this kind of stuff and we're just like, cringe your nose at it it's not cool um what's no. up what's your thoughts on this i've been rambling yeah i mean it, it, yeah black black and white it, it doesn't really matter you know because um i i watched uh the completionists um response video and then you know before i watched carl Job's response to that video just so i had the context the proper context yeah they were talking straw man defenses and all the yeah, I, videos. and I'm not very versed in all that stuff. But I won't pretend to understand it either. I, I feel like it's more like he was in his response video poking at other things. I mean, I mean, he threatened law lawsuits. Sure, yeah, but, exactly. But also, like, it was something I didn't catch until I saw the response videos. But it's like. I'm sorry if you felt like this instead yes, of saying in, I apologize. A apology. Yeah, I didn't even yeah. catch that stuff because again, we want to give as a as a human race, we want to give people the benefit of the doubt. We want to. But but and, when when you're caught red-handed as yeah. as Gerard was, um you know, it, it's black and white. You misrepresented something that you were representing. I don't care what the charity was for, I don't care about your, your family ties, you know, that sucks. And yeah. I'm sure it means a lot to you, but, uh, at the end of the day, yeah, your integrity has been compromised. Integrity has been compromised. Exactly. And the fact that it's with charitable donations, which means doing something for others, like, and that wasn't being done and it was always supposed to be for research, which means yes. for the last 10 years, no research was done with that money, which is Correct. even crazier. It wasn't like, hey, we're which, like premium. We're setting up a game room for homeless shelters, which I means know. we got to get enough money to get the items for the game room. Now we have that money. Now we're going to go do the, set up the game room. It's more like I'm donating this money for <laughs> research. Which opens up a what if, you know? Yeah, um, like imagine over the say, last 10 years how many whatever, people passed away but, from this. Yes, and it, it could have directly helped. Could have, you know, whatever. Playing could devil's have. advocate here. Who's of, of to course. say comes to play? Yes, but <sighs> but you're representing <sighs> yourself, misrepresenting yourself, uh, come to find out. And not only that, you're dragging all these other people who have been associated with this charity and your charity streams and these donations into it as well. Yeah. Um, you're not only representing yourself, you're representing them too. You are the spokesperson. So if you're not, if you're not, I mean, dude, the Jamie Lee Curtis was on their streams, like yeah, on their I, charity events. Exactly. Donating money. Yes. Like I, I can't Crazy. imagine how she must feel like, you know, maybe, I don't know. Well, I'm, and, I'm, I'm not even going to speculate, but and so there's an interesting thing is is that I don't know if you if you realize that back with Hagen's Alley Books, I was associated with a charity that we had we had donated to that mm -hmm. we had talked about we had committed 
to donate to. So it was with the second printing of Jeffrey Wittenhagen's Black Box Challenge. Um, Talking with the developer, the developer and I had like a mutual falling out over the years. And when I had asked him if I could do a second printing, because we had lots of people that wanted me to do a full big box release, he said, he said, cool, don't care, do what you want. I want my portions donated to charity. And so we did the, the, the percentage portion that would go to the developer <coughs> allocated that. And I said, well, which charity do we want to do? And I was talking to infinite NES lives who was doing the original. He did the original board manufacturing for the, for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't go with infinite NES lives for the second printing, but I was using him. So he was talking to me. He's like, we're going to go with this one book charity. Um, so, you know, in the end, I produced the game, made all the stuff, did all the sales, um, and then later on, uh, went and went to the book charity and made the donation. Not only that, and I didn't promote this, I didn't do anything. I matched it one to one, everything for the developer with everything that I earned. So that game, all the profits technically went to that charity, yeah. and I submitted it. And I provided them the receipts, mm-hmm. which is all that Gerard had to do is provide the receipts well, of what and, he had donated. And, and, and that's because we had this mutual falling out. I want to be like, hey, no, dude, mm-hmm. you, you told me this. I'm a man of my word. I did yeah. this. I also did my own. And then there was a whole email response from the charity being super appreciative of us submitting because I didn't communicate with them ahead of time yeah. and promote that we were doing this with this one charity like the completionist is doing. He's talking about it on streams, promoting it, saying, yes. I'm going to this, 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 and this. Whereas we just said we were going to donate it to a charity. Um, and you can't on Kickstarter promote that either, mind you, Tristan, if you didn't know that. So we can't say- not. I'm doing this book and a portion goes to charity. They'll actually take down your campaign because Kickstarters mm. are not meant for that. They're meant for starting a project and supporting the person. Gotcha. Um, so the fact that he, that was a private conversation that we had that he wanted his portions to charity. Um, so then when people were going after me online, because there was a lot of people online that thought I was doing weird like selfish things with the homebrew community. I'm like, I'm just making cool stuff and supporting the developers. Um, Cause they weren't used to an independent game publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, but when that came out, I was like, Oh no, his portions are going to charity. I'm planning on doing something too. And that's all I kept saying. And then once yeah. I did all of the things, if anything ever comes out, I'm like, Hey, I got the receipts right here. Here's the receipt yeah. of what I donated. Here's how much you can see how much it earned on Kickstarter. Here's how much that it costs me. And I have receipts for how much it cost me to make the game. And here's how much I donated. As you can see, I actually donated more. I think I ended up donating more than what I actually earned and everything. But with other book projects, with premium edition games going on, it's it's cool, man. Like it's I would rather donate extra money to charity mm. to help out when we when I tell somebody I'm donating to charity, I'm donating to charity. And so there's something in perspective on a much, much, much smaller level because it wasn't like half a million dollars. It was like a few thousand dollars. Yeah. Like, like I can't even remember the amount right now and I could look it up if I need to. But um, like it was thousands of dollars that I put in there, not hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. And, and Gerard, all he had to do. <laughs> Yeah, he sat. He sat on. Oh, oh, you know, eventually it, it accumulated to or grew to over six hundred thousand dollars, and you know, we'll we'll give him eventual credit that he 
it, he uh, donated the the funds. But the the problem is here that he knows he he messed up, and he's not taking full responsibility for it. He doesn't yeah. think that uh, he thinks it's just going to end there. Um, maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe he does realize you know the trouble that he's probably in now. Um, you know, he's had a, a falling out with, uh, you know, say the, the indie community now, um, and I'll let Jeff cover this. Uh, he was removed from a certain game. What was that game? Oh, so, um, yeah, that was, uh, noted. It was, um, it was covered in indie land and that was a sea of stars. He was actually mm-hmm. an NPC in there. Um, it's like his name was Gerard, the something else is. Yeah. Um, and now they've replaced him apparently with a redheaded dude with the beard called Bob. Which, <laughs> yeah, just Bob. Yeah, which I think is like an allusion to Bob the Builder because I think it has something uh-huh. to do yeah. with construction. Maybe yeah, it's yeah, the constructionist. Yeah. It is the con- it was the constructionist. It was so, Bob the Builder. Gerard the constructionist. Yeah. Um yeah, so the um, just looking back, I just did my email traffic. So I made the donations in 2021, um, but in 2020 of April 2020 is when um, they had rec- requested to do firstbook.org for the charity that we were donating to. Um, it's a good choice because it has to it benefits kids, and that's what mm-hmm. they wanted to do. Um, <clears throat> and then they could share on social media. They said once I did the donation. So in August of 21 is after getting the game, doing all the stuff. Cause it took a long effing time. Um, it's, I just wanted to reach out. Um, but you know, I did my charitable donations. Now first book donation. Let me see if I got anything listed, my receipts from first book. And I pushed that over to them, the donation receipts. And so essentially um, I had done my donation, you know, of a couple thousand dollars and I have it right here. The receipt, the official receipt from them for income tax purposes. Yeah. That I did. Mm-hmm. Um, they're out of Washington, DC and it has a number on it, a federal tax ID for them and everything. And I did a one-time donation of a couple of a couple thousand dollars. Um, and I pushed that forward. So that's just it. And I only, and the thing is, is that second printing, I did like a hundred copies. Uh, fun fact behind that second printing, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that second printing. Why doing is that? This podcast with you because Jeff, that was the first time I ever reached out to you is to get a copy of that black box challenge. Oh, that was, that was how we started talking. That's awesome. See, and that's the thing. And, and everything from that game went to like all the, cause, <laughs> cause there, I don't have high profit margins. That was the thing is like some of the community would be like, Oh, well, why are you charging this much? And then they're trying to do like what they pay or whatever. And I'm like, dude, I'm doing like high quality prints and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'll assemble it myself, but like, I'm not Mm -hmm. doing all this extra, like I'm not doing these cost saving measures. Like they have all their own molds and stuff. And I don't do that. Like I don't, I'm making a hobby release. So like my profit margins are are smaller, like a couple thousand dollars. This was all the profits. (laughs) And I just boom, boom and submitted it and you know what i mean and i did that and it's freaking crazy but yeah like so all he had to do was show now here's the other piece if 
for example, because he said in that tweet or whatever that was from March, he just says, I'm helping the community all the time. Um, it says he does $600,000 to $750,000 all the time. Now, if he is doing all of that in whatever capacity period, yeah, where are the receipts, the receipts, buddy? To show the receipts. If he shows the receipts, uh-huh. that's going to shut some people up. Um, he still is, you know, shouldn't have sat on all the donations from the Indyland stuff for 600, the $600,000. Um, but I, my assumption is that 600 to 750 a year probably includes the golf scramble that there's all that questions and all everything else that he does. Um, Mm -hmm. that would be my assumption, but again, we don't know. And at this point he may just, you know, go and keep quiet. I don't know, but Either way, uh, cool. if if I were him, I wouldn't make a response to the latest Carl Jobs video because it's just not going to help things. Exactly. But not cool. Not cool at all, man. Nope. But yeah. But um, let's talk about some um, some happy stuff. Happy to go lucky. What is the episode <laughs> title right now? We SF? are going. Oh, yeah. Jeez. I've been slacking on our uh, tracker here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Compo. Yeah, we're moving to the the Nestev Compo 2023. So, a little bit of history is the website Nestev um, used to be the repository. I think it still is, but it's not as updated. Um, was the repository for NES homebrew preservation, and they would put all of the stuff that everybody's working on on the website. Um, and then eventually, a few years back, they started a competition on the website where everybody would get together. Um, share they have like a certain timeline kind of like uh the ladumdare uh game jams that happen yeah. mm-hmm. um kind of like a game jam they have a certain amount of time and then they submit their games uh, and then the first few years they actually took all those games and put them on an nes cartridge which was pretty cool. very cool and they did that for the first and they called it i think it was action 53 yeah that's exactly right yeah um the first one i think streamers was like the highlight title which was like a really awesome reinvigoration of the action 52 game streamers but it, was a, it felt more like buying a commando which was really mm-hmm. awesome it's like a combination of buying a commando and the streamers game um but that was like one of the first ones and then they continue every year to do them they're now hosted on itch.io um and i think there's like this canadian website that's on the big banners now that is supporting and and working on it and there's you know a big community following um from what i'm tracking and i'm gonna go off of what i know and haven't researched but what i know is that the nestf compo is individual individually programmed games, individual programmers and people um, not using necessarily Nest Maker. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that they're not using program tools because some of the games that we had reviewed in the Compo 2023 had used Puzzle Game Maker or some other Game Maker's repositories. Yeah. But as far as I'm tracking, none of these games were made with the Nest Maker tool because Nest maker does its own competition its own game jam that they do every Mm -hmm. year and number four is coming um in the spring and if everybody likes what we're doing here with this coverage we could do that for the next one too it was pretty fun yeah oh this is so fun yeah um and so how we're gonna do this is there are 24 games that were submitted to the nest f compo this year of brand new games um what we're gonna do is we're gonna go over what the games are what the general idea of the genre that we feel it falls into because these are all you know 
individually published games. Um, we neither of us are game developers, and we are not going to judge these games from a merit of a fully, you know, a game that's made in a giant, you know, company that's made with mm -hmm. a giant company. Yeah. However, yeah, yeah, yeah. we are going to talk about what we liked and what we did not like, and we are going to talk verbatim with our own opinions. Um, I did my review different way than Tristan did, which is actually going to work out perfectly. Um, and we're going to go over every game. I played mine in the order that the Nest Dev Compo had it in the results, whereas Tristan played them alphabetically. Yes. Um, I did a general summary, did an overall grade, and then, and this is what we're going to do, our overall grade, and then does it meet the criteria to be a full-fledged game on the NES? Mm -hmm. um and or does it have the potential with some some you know finishing yeah because some of these are just demos or, yeah. or you know proof of concept or they whatever. worked on it on a weekend which is completely yeah. reasonable mm -hmm. but like would this be something that we could see on the nes and i try to do like if it feels like a certain era too and i know you said you did some other criteria when you played each game uh no so uh I I graded it by you know each of the categories yeah uh, so that, you graded that, it by each of the categories yeah didn't say this yes so what categories uh, it, did you grade each one by so we've got uh, art and style yep your overall impression mm -hmm. polish and completeness originality sound and gameplay and is that what so, you're tracking and so those are all the categories now I did this as my overall favorite in those categories whereas mm -hmm. Tristan you did grades. For each game, each game got a crazy. grade in each category. That's awesome. Out of we 10. Will, we will see. I, I didn't do that because I do grades like letter grades. So, yeah, <laughs> we do a bullshit letter for each one. So, well, yeah, I, I should have done that. I should have known. But, you know, whatever. Hey, you're just going to have to take it. If it's an eight, that's a that's a B. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a B, man. That's right. Um, and so, and then we'll, so we're going to have all those at the end. We're going to talk about what our favorites were and then the overall favorite game that we played on the, the compo. So mm -hmm. I would say we're going to go with your lists, Tristan, and how you went in order. And I'm going to skip around in my list. So that way we talk about it in a different way. Okay. The first one that I had, and I, I can't remember what the, I, I must've abbreviated it because it, Fish obviously doesn't come at the beginning of the alphabet, but that was first on the list. Okay. So, fish. okay. So it's called NES Fish, um, essentially. Um, this game, and, and I actually have this all in my notes. This game was programmed by Voxel. That's who submitted it. Mm -hmm. um, I have it listed as a platformer. And so yeah. my general aspect is you're a fish that can move and jump. And I didn't do any research on these. I downloaded them on. I just played them with my reactions. Yep. Um, you're a fish that can move and jump. On um, the graphics, it's like a black and white aesthetic. It reminded me a lot of the game Downfall on the Nintendo Switch. If that, mm. if you ever played Downfall, it's just black with white and you go down. This time you're moving up um, and you can move and jump. When you leave the water, you have this like seven bubble bar that depletes. Um, and you'll die if it goes completely down. I never yeah. had to go down more than like one or two as I'm moving. Um, once you touch water, though, it fully replenishes all seven bars again. Um, th then as you progress up the corridors, um, there's hazards. Like if you move up onto a um, onto a level on the level, like it'll shoot a missile over at you, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. Um, and you just got to like play a little game of chicken because it only shoots once. Um, yeah. And then there's like fires that will like toast you. 
Um, if you touch them, touch anything, you lose, and you must start over from the beginning. From the beginning. From yes. the beginning. Um, so what do you got, Tristan, with this one? That's I... So, uh, for if, in in addition to giving it a letter grade, uh, for my overall impression, I I elaborated slightly. I'm going to do overall with, at the end, by the way. So okay, um, but I'm just I mean, this was like a one, two, or a three letter, uh, or three word like impression. So okay. this one I found very neat. Neat. I, I yes, it's a really neat game. Neat. <laughs> neat. Uh, I had a lot of fun with this. It is a, uh, it's easy to play, difficult to master, which okay. is a great balance to strike in a game, especially an indie game like this. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of playing Love 3. Okay. Because it's a precision platformer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's super satisfying to go fast in this game. You say love three, but as you play, there's no music at all. No, there's Whereas, no yeah, music. Love three is heavily inspired on music. Sound, sound. <laughs> I gave this a zero, no, a one because there's slight sound effects when you jump and when you like lose uh, the bubbles or whatever. Yeah. So there is sound, but there's no music. Yeah. Uh, so I gave sound a one. Art style, it's very simplistic. I gave it a two. Uh, overall impression, I gave it right down the middle of five. Um, polish and completeness. I, it needs a lot more polish. So I gave it a two. So, so if, so when you do a one to 10 ratio and we're doing percentages, yeah. so you're giving it an F. I know. Yeah. But that's not, so I would have, I would have done it completely do, different. Remember video game bullshit does grades, brother. We don't do, I know numbers. I messed we're up. Not, I messed doing, up. So, <laughs> so we are not doing, we, we do a grade, man. So, so I'm, um, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do this on the fly then. I gave this game a C. Yeah? I gave it a C. Um, A solid C game. Um, Mine was um, the black and white feel works well, but there's no music, so it made it feel like uh, unfinished. Because, I mean, it's a Mm -hmm. demo. Um, Mm -hmm. This feels more like a Flash game, actually, the way that you play it. So I remember playing a bunch of Flash games on DOS back in the day, and you just like jump up, jump up, jump, die, start over. Jump up, jump up, die, start over. Um, It's very limited for what it is. Um, So it would not be something that would be on a cartridge. However, um, with some refinement, like say they made levels, um, you can go up to the top, get up, get maybe some checkpoints so you don't have to start all the Mm -hmm. way over, Mm -hmm. Um, some music, and you know if it has levels and all of that, it would be an awesome release imagine some side scrolling in there too if it didn't just just go up like yeah. these mechanics it's cool i like it it's freaking awesome i like the um the gameplay aesthetic as well that's why it's a solid c for what it is based on and i'm i'm relating it as a video game so yes. it's a c though like and i'm saying like i would call a nes release a c as well like a full game like i don't I'm mm-hmm. not giving it a oh because this is a demo. No, this is what we played. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and I totally agree with you. This is a solid C game with a yeah. lot of potential. Yeah. With a lot more polish and like you said if it had checkpoints and music and and it was a full-fledged game then yeah, it's going to creep into the B territory for me. Yeah. Um but as is, it's a C title. As is, it's a C title. And um and, and I'll <laughs> tell you so from the Nestef Compo, it actually ranked number five of twenty-four. 
Okay, yeah. Ranked I'm not surprised by that. 24. Not so surprised. I, I feel like, and you know, the whole community, the programming community is who is who are all the, the graders in this on the like that that did all the grading. So I feel like you know they're looking at it from a technical aspect. And from a technical aspect, it works real well. It plays real well. It's not floaty jumping. It feels great. No, it feels oh, great. Yeah. yeah. And that's where we got to give the devil its due where, you know, as we're playing, as we're evaluating, but solid C title for what it is. Yeah. Like, I didn't get to the awesome. top. I didn't beat Awesome it. job. Yeah. Freaking cool. All right. What yeah. do we got next, Tristan? Beat them high. Beat them high. And I got to look through my my schedule. My, uh, yeah. All right, we're going, we're going, we're going. Beat him high. Where the heck is beat him high at? Oh, damn. Beat him high was higher up in the list? Interesting. I don't see it. Um, I'm looking for it. Did I not write about it? Oh, there it is. There it is. I found oh, okay. it. Okay. Yay. That's um, what you looked at. So um, this one was developed. Beat him high was developed by Langle. Um, I put the genre as question mark. Um, when I played it, there's two characters that scroll. Um, I couldn't control it. So I assume maybe it's a Lycan game. I don't know. <laughs> I was so confused. Um, it looks cool. It looks yeah, cool it looks hell. great. It but looks like, really cool. How, how long did you let it scroll for? Uh, I mean, it scrolled for a little bit. And then uh, there was some dialogue after you, you get run to the into boss? somebody. Yeah, and then yeah. he's like, uh, I'm going to screw this place up. And then it just, it like, goes to scatters. It went, like, insane. And then, and I was yeah, like, it never recovered. And, like, like what's going I, on? I guess it's a tech demo. It's not a game. I don't know if it's just a tech demo or something, but I couldn't get it to that work. Was, no, nah, dude, that's my, that was my experience, too. Oh, yeah, and, and we should mention this. Uh, Jeff and I have not discussed these games since we no. played them. This no. is the first time we're yeah. comparing notes. Yeah, yeah, we didn't. I played, a, I played a few like during the week. I was able to play a couple. And then I, like it was crazy. My, my my overall impression I gave, uh, I I meant I said WTF. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I gave it a D, and the only reason why it got a D and not an F is because it actually looked cool. The graphics yeah. were awesome. The scrolling mm-hmm. looked cool. It worked well. Me- mechanically, it worked what what it needed to do. But it's not a game. It's just a little video it yes i I, and i'm i'm you know i again i'm going to copy your grade i totally agree it's a d it's not an f because and and it tied for the yes it it tied for the highest score i gave art and style okay Um, yeah so art and style i killed it it looks great what what did you give it for art and style number one a a seven a Seven. seven out of ten okay yeah nice mm-hmm. i mean i would say that the art and style for it is it's it's good it's like it looks good but everything else is like head scratching so um where they put it i just put it couldn't get it to work as my analysis um yeah number it got number 20 um, out of 24 out of 20 yeah. out of 24 so there are four yeah. that got worse scores from the community whereas okay. um yeah i gave it a d which is like some i was impressed scores. by the sprite work <laughs> Yes, the sprite work was cool, and it yeah. mechanically it did some stuff. Um, I assume that doing that chaos thing with the boss required some programming to do. Yeah. All right. What's next, next up is Cat Mercs. Cat Mercs. All right. Um, Cat Mercs, the big bug invasion. Um, yeah. This was programmed by Team Disposable, and it is a vertical shoot 'em up. 
Um, so you're controlling one of two cat mercs. There's a male and a female. Um, you're mm -hmm. constantly walking up. Um, I wrote, there are four power-ups. There's a normal, a three-way, a laser, and a machine gun. To me, anything but the machine gun was way too slow to be effective. Thank you. Like, it was, it was like the, because the laser's like Painfully slow. The, the laser yeah. is super powerful, but like. But it's like one shot every like four seconds. The enemies are like bullet sponges. They mostly take three yeah. to four hits. So doing something where you can just rapid fire, like it's so much easier than having to shoot twice with that laser. It takes a super long recharge. Mm -hmm. um, and then the normal one was just slow enough. And these characters, they move so damn slow. They're just moving like trudging up which is a cool way to show the scrolling for the vertical yeah. from a programmer perspective. But lots of these enemies are shooting bullets. And as you're moving, the bullets will home in on you on your plane for the eight, eight axis way. So then as you're getting these multiple giant guys, they're all shooting at you and you're having to dodge, but you move just slow enough um, that it's, it's just not like we need a, a quick react button in there or something. But yeah, so how did how did you how did it rate for your categories, Tristan? My overall impression I have that it's a wish.com gun smoke. <laughs> wish.com gun smoke. That's hilarious. It, it it feels like gun smoke, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah I love yeah. gun smoke too. Yeah. Um yeah, it it it's a very functional game. Um it's playable. Uh, but yeah, the balance isn't there. It's not balanced correctly. Um, yeah. it, the the enemies flood the screen where you you can't keep up with them because your your weapon, depending on what you have, unless you have the machine gun, you just can't keep up. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, um, so what letter grade did you give it? I rated it a solid C. Okay. Um, and my analysis was it's a basic shooter that doesn't offer much when it comes to a full release. Um. I didn't get to a boss, but if it does offer levels and bosses, I would rate it better. So if we get up mm. to the top and it has bosses and there's multiple levels, yeah. um, I think with a few tweaks mechanically, like a little bit faster scrolling maybe, or the character movement can be faster, which would be nice, or a dodge move um, mm -hmm. along with rebalancing the power-ups to make them all useful. Um, yes. It would be a solid release. I'd bump it up a couple letter grades, uh, just mechanically sound. So that's where I have it. Oh, what about you? C minus, C minus, um, and, and for the same reasons, it, it 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 has a lot of potential, but there's a lot of things that it's it's an unbalanced game, and like you said, yeah, the uh, the power ups whenever you get them, I was like, oh sweet, a laser. Oh no, I I wish I hadn't picked it up because yeah, I got wrecked after that. Um, even if it you know had like piercing or something like that, that would have been a more functional weapon. And both uh, characters mechanically are the same. I played it. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yep. They both do exactly the same. Just it's a reskin. Like, yeah. Just a reskin, which is cool. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, I didn't note this, but a lot of these games have two player modes, which is awesome too. I did mm -hmm. notice a lot of these games had two player modes. That yeah. does add a lot. And that's challenging to do. It's not challenging to do because it's just changing a couple bits in the code, but it is awesome that you do have. That's. Two that's actually an interesting point for this game. I, I wonder if uh, the difficulty stays the same if you're playing two players, because maybe it's a lot easier to play with two players yeah. on screen at the same time. I would assume with a lot of these demos that they didn't 
difficulties. Yeah, it's yeah, you're right. I'm giving it a, a little bit too much That'd credit lot, there. Well, no, it'd just be a lot of programming. It'd be mm. challenging to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh the the community it has it as number eight of twenty-four. Mm-hmm. So it's in yeah. the the top third of games. I probably would have put it higher, honestly, personally. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh All next right. up was color match combat. Color match combat. Let me go and look for it. All right. Color match combat was programmed by Johnny Bot. Um, I listed it as a falling block puzzle game. Yeah. Um, I called it a PvP falling block game where you match colors that get destroyed when you have multiple together, combined with a little like circle tile that causes uh, them all to explode. Um, there's also like this like diamond purple diamond mm-hmm. one that came across. I didn't know what the hell it did, but it it took out like a massive amount of section uh, when that one blow blew up. Um, the drops then block on your AI opponent, or when your AI opponent does it, it blocks on your side. Um, there might there are also multiple options, and the soundtrack was pretty stellar. Um, you said this was made by Johnny Bot. Johnny Bot. Johnny Bot. Okay, so Johnny Bot has clearly, clearly played a lot of Super Puzzle Fighter because it's exactly the same. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly uh, the same mechanics. Yep. So it's, Which is uh, cool. it's it, yeah. We have a, yeah, we have a Super great. Puzzle Fighter on the NES. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh huh. Yeah, it's cool with all the numbers popping up and all the yeah. shenanigans. I'm terrible at these games, by the way. Like, I'm not a good fan of these games. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, a more Super Puzzle Fighter is a lot more palatable uh, on, on PlayStation and uh, Sega Saturn because of the cheap. But I'm not going to change my score based on whether I like the genre or not. I'm going to do uh-huh. the game itself. So. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, what uh, do you have? What were your notes? Anything else, or are you just that? Uh, that's it. Oh. Uh, uh, I, uh, yeah. The, the my overall impression. I said it's super puzzle fighter. Um, any um, any highlights of strong or weak scores in any categories? That's what we'll go off of yours. Uh, originality. I gave it a super low score because it's a clone. It's a clone okay. of an existing game. No okay. different. He clearly, clearly has played that game. <laughs> I think I'm like, oh man, <laughs> like down to that, like yeah, the 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 weird uh, diamond tile that comes down. Uh, there's a there's something like that in Super Puzzle Fighter that if you match it up with a color, all of that color explodes, and that's exactly what happened on in this nice. game too. So yeah, and so my interesting thing is this game has a and, and where I wrote is um, I gave it a B minus by the way, because okay. um, originality shouldn't doesn't have that much of an effect on mine. Um, this has a lot of potential and definitely could have went on the NES if it had a two-player mode. There's no two-player mode in this demo. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, it, but it does have the AI, which is you know significant to program. The AI was solid. It kicked my butt. So... And then, um, but I said, I'm not a personal fan of these type of, this type of game. Like it just yep. gives me anxiety and stress to play. Um, but yeah, that's what that I gave it a B minus because I feel like with a little bit of, I could see this on the NES because I mean, it's super puzzle fighter, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. no, it, yeah, it's a great game. It's actually a really fun, like addictive game. Yeah. The only, the only demerits I gave it were in art style. It's very simple. Yeah, and originality, just because I, you know, I, I see, I see what he's, I see what you did there. See what you did there. <laughs> I like it, but I see what yeah. you did there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. It's a B minus. Yeah, nice. Where are we going to next? Uh, now we've got uh, Desert Escape. 
Desert Escape. Let me see. I think that's an earlier one. It is. Oh, by the way, um, I didn't say the number. Um, number 11 of 24 was Color Match Combat. 11 of 24. Mm, mm. Um, Desert Escape. All right, Desert Escape was developed by Wowie Games. Wow. Um, and I called it an action puzzler. Mm-hmm. Um, you control a character with platforming where the goal is to get to the top of the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, blocks are falling continually in random patterns. So they all just like come down at you as you're running and jumping. Mm-hmm. And the um, mechanics, the jumping mechanics are spot on. It's pixel perfect. It works real well. Um, you also have the opportunity to drop, drop uh, 10 single blocks, which allow you to jump up if like it drops like a giant pillar in front of you you can pop up blocks and uh there's a way you know just doing the super mario 3 style because it has the same type of jumping mechanics where you can drop a block and then like curve around it to jump up um which you can use for secrets um if you get squished you die um if you touch the cactus that pop up because cactus will fall instead of blocks sometimes you die um once you get to the top of the screen it clears and you continue it again in another screen Mm -hmm. and it, it changes a little bit of the backgrounds that's what i got all right. I said uh, it's difficult and it's clever. Yes. Um, it's unlike any puzzle game I've ever played. It reminds me of like playing the opposite of Tetris Plus. Yeah. Um, but I felt like it was unbalanced uh, because I didn't I I don't think that the the limitation on the the single blocks that, you know, you can only drop 10 blocks. I didn't feel like that limitation was necessary. Um, okay. Like they should have limited you on that. It made it a little bit too difficult and unbalanced, in my opinion. And maybe I just suck at the game. So they That's should have un- they should have unlimited. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think. I did think you it Did you ever unlimited. get to the top of the screen? Uh, I did once. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. It, so yeah, it, it, I think it, it took was, me a while. Yeah, and years. that's the first level, guy. I mean, my gosh. And then if you have use all 10 year blocks and you get to the top of the screen, it gives you five is what I noticed. Uh, uh, it gives you five uh, on the next screen. No, 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 um, no, no. Unbalanced. Yeah. Um, it just seems like there was a lot of uh, big, big pillars. And then you'd be like working up your way and then it'd drop a big vertical on you. And then you had to start. Yeah. All and you just uh, yeah. yeah. Like, it's, like, it's there was a do. lot. And I mean, it, I assume that there was some kind of RNG management to drop the different blocks on you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, with a little balancing, um, I gave this a C yeah. by the way, solid C game. I think with a little balancing, it could have, you know, transfer transform itself into a solid puzzler. Um, it's a fun single screen game, but wouldn't play it more than a few minutes as a mini game. That's what I said, because like if they had, you know, done a little bit of a difficulty balancing where you don't, die all the time it would be a fun addictive game doing getting up to the screens and getting through and then eventually you die like there's no reason to make it more hard and more difficult you know what i mean no yeah what do you what do you got on it on both originality and gameplay i gave it a seven yeah um like you know high marks uh but for everything else just you know it it commits some sins um just because you know it's uh and, and obviously we're, we're grading it on how it is. It's not, we're not taking into account that this was like done in a couple days. 
Hmm. Well, um, some of these may or may not have. I don't know which ones were done in a weekend okay. and which ones were where they've been working on the whole year for the competition. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. I didn't know that part. Um, so yeah. well, that being said, and then I don't feel bad giving it um a C minus. C minus. Um, yeah. Because oh, uh there there are things some things that need to be fixed. Um I I think it's unfair in some ways. Yeah. And the fairness can be yeah, it's unbalanced. It's just unbalanced. Uh, Double Dream is next. Unbalanced. Um, and by the way, uh, Desert Escape was rated number four of twenty-five, so it's actually no. Above come NES. on, it was above any. Oh, I highly disagree with that. Well, I am. I am sure that the programmers gave it higher marks because of the um, RNG management on it. Yeah, that's not easy to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, and the the. Gameplay was solid. The music was cool, but like, all right. Yeah, I don't know about that. What was this one? Double Dream. Sorry about that. I muted my mic on accident. Yeah. Double, Double Dream. Dream. Double yeah. Dream prototype. Um, this was programmed by Magidev. Um, and I call it a platformer. Um, first thing I wrote was parallax scrolling on the intro screen. It was like it was like the ticker, like like on the intro screen, there's parallax scrolling, which I thought was cool. Nice visual. Um, but you play as a character that does a spinning kick as well as a jumping spin that bounces. So there's like a little bit of momentum-based gameplay in this one. It has a unique mechanic. That will take some time getting used to as there is the momentum that you build and you can carry items like a key or a boulder to jump off of. I never did find a damn door for the key. I don't know where the hell the door was. Um, uh, <laughs> I found it. But, and uh, I was oh, able to like, toss I've got some notes <laughs> and I was able to toss the key and, and do some other stuff. Um, the goal is to collect stars and you can go up and down in the levels as well. So if you do some like jump offs and you see the top of the screen, you actually go up to another screen up there, which was pretty cool. Um, and let's see here. Uh, kind of reminds me of a combination of a boy and his blob combined with gimmick, like with the weird mechanics, uh, with the bounciness, because it's very, very bouncy. Um, but it doesn't play like either of those. It just that's how I felt. Uh, what are your thoughts here, Tristan? Uh, you mentioned gimmick. My overall impression is uh, it's like gimmick and you need patience. A lot of patience, man. Mm-hmm. So so what are your notes on this key thing? I want to hear. Uh, on what now? You said that you had notes on the key. You oh, the, the key. Yeah, I was I was looking all over the place on where to use that thing. And yeah. it's so cumbersome to like make it travel through the those kicks are weird. And well, because like you'll weird. grab the key and then you gotta like toss it in the air, and if you kick it, it'll go up. But you have to you gotta, like fling it. You gotta, you gotta fling, fling it. everything everywhere, and you gotta fling yourself in the air. And the the physics are weird. The physics are weird. It's fun though. I'll tell you yeah. that it's fun as hell. But it's but weird. yeah, the 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 weird physics totally reminded me of uh, gimmick. So just where like was the, where was this damn door? I want to know. Oh, no, no, I didn't find the door. I looked all over the place for it. I never found the damn door either. No. Because the thing is, the whole game is like a maze. Um, There's multiple doors to go in, multiple sections. There's like little puzzles that you got to figure out. Um, So I gave this a B plus. I give this a B plus. I said, this game shows the most promise for a full-fledged title out of anything that I had played because I I did start to get Mm. frustrated by the damn mechanics. Um, Though, as I continue to play... With momentum, um, I did continue to play it because of the <laughs> momentum-placed gameplay. I thought it was really well done. 
Um, once I learned it, I should be able to get much better at the game. And also, if I didn't have to play 24 games, I could have gave it a little more time and I might have been able to uh, get a deeper appreciation for things. Um, it does need a little bit of balancing on things, but I think more so, I wouldn't change the momentum. Like, screw it. Yeah. Like, that's it. That's what they made. I, but, yeah, it's unique. For but sure. some kind of way to lead the player or at least say what the hell the goals are like for things, a way to use the stuff that's there. Cause it reminded me mm. with the way that those items are, it's like the dizzy games on the NES yeah. where you get a mm -hmm. bunch of damn items. You don't know what the hell to do with any of them. It's <laughs> like, yeah. And so if that's what they were going for, you got it. But I would say, you know, <laughs> programming something um if you want to get the goals like there has to be some kind of like you got to know what to do with it that would make it a solid that would that would bump it up uh, but i give it yeah. a b plus because i did enjoy it uh we'll, we'll be a, a couple uh um a, a couple away from each other on this one uh, uh b minus for me okay. um and i'm probably being a little bit overly harsh because uh, I, man, it's not easy to pick up and play. It's just not. And I'm giving it a harsh grade, harsher grade than it probably deserves because I did not get used to that weird kick yourself up in the air mechanic. It's bizarre, man. It's not, it's unlike any anything that I've ever tried. And if my mic cuts out or something like that, just let me know. Like, it's acting funky. I had to, like, unplug it. Funky like a monkey. Yeah, um, something like that. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we're we're a couple off, but that's okay. Like we each had yeah. our own experiences. That's how all this goes, man. But uh it tied for the highest in art and style. Really? Um, on my scale, yeah. With a seven. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this is one of my most game that showed the most promise because I feel like it could have mm -hmm. had a couple tweaks and it would have been been stellar. Um, and I did cool. like the uniqueness of the kicks and stuff. I mean, all I had to do is give a little bit of a tutorial at the beginning to lead the player to how to do all the little stuff. And it would have been excellent. Like with, you know, like a little beginning area that kind of unlocks like Nintendo style where it gives you some stuff like where like it, now you got to use the kick up. Now you got to use the wall jump now. And then you master things as you go. And then you get unlocked mm -hmm. into the world. That would have yeah. been perfect. Um, this one was ranked number nine. Of twenty four, okay. so this is under. That's that surprising. Point. I thought it would have been higher. I would have had it higher too. Um, yeah, yeah, very interesting. Uh, Echoes of the Unread is next. Echoes of the Unread. All right. Um, Echoes of the Unread uh, was developed by Clever Cat Games, and I put platform slash Metroidvania question mark. You play as a character that is looking for pages of a book. Um, you replenish health at a water fountain which is cool. There's a lot of text. There's dialogue and stuff, which I thought was pretty cool. Very humor too. A lot of humor. Um, some enemies you jump on and they can give you a boost to your jump. Um, and so like you jump on enemies to, to kill them, but not all enemies. Mm. It doesn't really say which one you kill or not. Um, main area is like a hub world though. And then when you finally get your first page, you jump into a book. Now you're in the wild west. And it reminded yeah. me of like the daydreaming Davy game. Where yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Um, uh, there are lots of pages out of reach, which lends itself to the Metroidvania 
subtitles. There's no like map or anything, so it doesn't have mm. every as that aesthetic. But um, yeah, like a lot of stuff being out of reach, or I can't get it, which I assume I will get a power up later, maybe to get those things that are out of reach. Um, that led itself to the Metroidvania for me. What are your thoughts? My overall impression is I am very, very impressed. Uh huh. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Yep. Um, did it get yeah, the highest for graphics and not for graphics? No art no? and style. It was uh middle of the road for me, um, okay. but everything else was high marks. So I gave this game an a minus gave this game an a minus. Um, and I wrote, there seems to be a ton of depth to this game. And I had just stopped playing eventually. Whereas I, there's a lot more I could have done. Um, this would have been a full fledged NES experience. This is like a mid release, maybe a late release NES game at like maniac mansion feel with the humor and everything. Like, Oh yeah, this is, this is a good one. And then when I went to the next world, I'm like, Holy cow, this has full game written all over it. Cleverest cat. The this is an A to me. I really, really like this game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I will. I can. I can be swayed to an A. Yeah. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. So this yeah. one, A for sure. Next up is Firewall. Um, and Echoes of the Unread, by oh, the I'm way, <laughs> was was lower than Double Dream Prototype. It was number ten. Shut up bleep up number 10 number 10 it was under recount it was recount and yes fish and desert escape there's no four effing way yeah no. i gotta give you those before we uh, that is a crime yes yes um so that's just how where they put it man what, what did they like did they were, were was the developer out like in the parking lot slashing people's tires before they voted on this or something? Don't know. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So you, said the, you said the next game is Firewall. Firewall. Um, this one was developed by Nevian, Jave, and Mascal. There was three names on it. Mm -hmm. um, I just put it as a fighting game. Um, it supports two players um, or an AI. You can do two players or an AI. You basically fight each other and push each other with the goal to push them into a firewall. That's it. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it reminded me of like uh, playing an Atari game, like maybe Atari Sumo. Yeah. <laughs> you're, it, you're playing Sumo. It has an Atari feel to it. Or uh -huh. Sumo, it's yeah. very, it, I, I just put shallow. It's a shallow very, game. I wrote very simple game with decent yeah. music. Um, needs more variety in the levels to be a full-fledged game. I gave it a C minus. Because like, I was like C minus because of like graphically looks cool. The mechanics yeah, work well. I died a couple times and got him a couple times. So it was sound like, was cool. all right. Sound was sound was a uh, music was um decent. yeah it's, it's getting a D plus for me. D plus. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't impressed. Uh, plus, it was the the very next game I played after Echoes of the Unread. So, so oops. <laughs> this was further along. I actually, um, so how I did mine was, as I said, I played it in numerical order. Yeah, once I yeah. got to like 10 or 12 or something, I jumped down to 24 and then I worked my mm. way up. Okay. So that way I didn't skew myself and like everything's getting worse every time. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah weird. <laughs> no. That? When I got to Echoes happening? of the Unread, I um I was like, okay, now I start yeah. jumping around because I'm like, it's eventually it's gonna start getting to more demo-based games. All right, what's next? Did you uh did you already say the ranking for firewall? 
It was number 15. 15. 15. So it is mid range. Okay. Uh, next up was Golf Cart Traffic Jam. Golf Cart Traffic Jam. It was developed by a novel approach <laughs> and is a puzzle game. Um, you play as a gator collecting items and moving golf carts to make paths and you can go in the water. Um, it's an overhead game. It on, it is only three levels and then the fourth level isn't finished. It's just like blank when you go to the fourth level. There's like nothing in it. Um, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you can tell I didn't get to that level because I just put Ugh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wrote not a full game, and what there is is very basic with rough graphics. Like it's just like, the, oh, it was, like bleh, they didn't do the good contrast bleh, of the bleh. background. Um, yeah, I, give a, I give it a D minus. Ugly, ugly I game. Minus. I give it an F. Um, you gave it an F. I gave it a D. It's a, it's it failed. Um, and this was number twenty four of number twenty four with the community. Yeah, it got my lowest grade too. So we're right there. It did not get my lowest grade. Oh, not. really? Okay. New, new. It did not get my lowest. Grade. Well, okay. May, we'll we'll see. I'll wait. I'll wait till uh, we see your lowest grade. No, maybe I'll guess why. Um, we shall see. So next up was Little Sisyphus. Little Sisyphus. All right. Um, this one was by uh, Puppy Games or Puby Games, as we'll say Puppy Games. Um, and it's a puzzle platformer. Um, you control the character, a character with a ball on a chain, and it has momentum that is used for platforming. So like this ball like weighs you down. Mm -hmm. and you're going to kind of like whip it to get up on top of platforms and stuff. Um, it is very rough to get used to the ball momentum though. Um, and it purposely limits you on your jumping. The thing is though, the game was designed with this in intact. So they actually had some clever ways to progress on platforms. Um, and the ball is used to crush skulls, skulls, and the goal is to crush 80 skulls total in mm. order to beat the game. Um, there is a homebrew developer that does a lot of games where there's like, they have the goal of their game to collect like 80 or a number of things. And then the game ends. Um, so that is, that is very reminiscent of that other developer. Um, but it's not puppy games that does that. Um, checkpoints, um, are there and they review, they, um, reduced my frustration as you can teleport when the game, when the mistake is made. So you can literally like pause and, and, and warp back. So say you're at a, you're at a spot, at a checkpoint and then you go to these spots where you have to jump, 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 and you keep falling. You don't have to like go all the way back up. You just go back to the checkpoint to restart there. You can actually like pause and respawn yourself at mm -hmm. no penalty, which I was using a lot because of these damn ball physics. It was pissing me off a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what are you uh, right? <clears throat> um, well, uh, what, what emulate emulator do you use? What program? Um, F-C-E-U-X. Okay. I use RetroArch. Arc, okay. Arc, Arch, whatever. I just know F-C-E-U-X um, does the Mapper 30 stuff perfectly. So that's why I use that. So what uh, the, and I tried two different emulation cores. Both were glitched out on this game. Would okay. not play it correctly. As okay. I was moving, it, it was just juddering. Like it was, it was awful. So um, I can't give this one a score. I, okay. I defer to you. Um, so I gave it a B plus and it's a fun little single level game. 
Um, because the thing is, once you get to the 80, eventually, I mean, it, it goes for a long time. Um, it'll be great to see this expanded with like multiple levels, um, mm -hmm. maybe a bosses and stuff too. But like, if it adds that, it is a solid full game. It just, you know, with this only having the 80 skulls, it does feel like a single element game. Mm -hmm. And this was rated number one of 24. Yeah. I did um, notice that. I did like. Um, some other games are better, like Echoes of the Dead, personally, but Little Sisyphus did get one. Um, and it is the most impressive from a, you know, with all the different aesthetics and the way that the levels are programmed. Yeah. Very mm -hmm. well. yep. Yeah. And the, the physics of the, the ball sound like, um, I, it, it, it sounds like it's going, it would remind me of maybe like, uh, Solar Jetman or something. Yeah. So you said you played on RetroArch. What did you play it on? Um. Oh, what what core? I would have to. No, like, it. did I, you I play it on the PC? Did you play? It oh, on Nintendo? PC. Yeah, on PC. Yeah. So I just played them all in F F F C E U X, and I used the Switch controller plugged into my mm. laptop, and I played them all. Gotcha. Yeah, I I try to keep it simple this time because like if I got fancy and then there was glitches because it's not made for a specific thing, like I just know all the homebrew guys use F C E U X. Yeah, it's weird. Like I've I've never had an issue with the RetroArch until um. That one and uh, I'm playing the ROM for Black Box Challenge. You ain't gonna get it to work in RetroArch, brother. It ain't gonna really? work. You have to use FCEUX, and even that one, the mm. damn intro won't work. It intro like shows garbage because it only works on cartridge. Gotcha. Yeah, FCEUX. You gotta learn the hard way, man. <laughs> you missed a really fun game with that one. <laughs> oh well. All good. That was number one of twenty-four, according to the community. Uh, next up is Miro Jr. Miro Jr. Um, so Miro Jr. is uh, developed uh, uh, by Wendell Scardua, Rafternaut, who did the music, and MT, that did the graphics, is a falling block puzzle game. Um, you are a unicorn that moves around a single screen <sighs> that is laid out like a Pac-Man level. The goal is to collect snacks, um, but there are marshmallows that are falling down like freaking Tetris pieces. Um, then you have to press select to swap between moving the unicorn and the blocks. If the unicorn gets crushed, you fail. You have stamina that depletes for the unicorn that slows it down, but eating snacks does replenish it. So as you continue mm -hmm. to do that, um, the marshmallows also block your pathways in the Pac-Man level to block your exits to get to the snacks. Um, you also, as a unicorn, can roll into a block, but then, and it will remove it, but it does consume a full bar. Uh -huh. So you got to use it sparingly. Um, uh -huh. Clearing a line gives you lots of points. So if you clear a line with all the marshmallows across as you put them into Tetris pieces, um, you have to use two sides of your brain at the same time with this game. So <laughs> you say, Justin... Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, that's a that's a good segue into my uh, overall impression of so confusing. <laughs> Using both parts of my brain at the same time, it was. And yeah, well, it took me. I played this. I wrote all that because I I got so detailed into what to do because I had uh -huh. to figure this shit out because I was like dying. I was like, what the hell do I do? Well, yeah, I, it took me the longest time to figure out I was like, like how to tap in the A button to try to move the damn unicorn. I'm uh -huh. like, how do I get through these blocks? Because it looks like you can get through and eat through the marshmallow blocks. And yeah, I was trying to do that. And no, um, and the there's like on screen instructions like they are confusing as hell too. Like it just says do this, do I, this, this, and I'm like, what? 
Yeah. It's, yeah, so confusing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally switching between the two unicorns to move the blocks and then move uh -huh. the unicorn and collect all the... I was able to beat um, the second one because like mm. the first ones like get 12 snacks the the second ones get 24. I was able to get the 24 snacks and clear it. And cool. all four levels, once you clear them all, there's a hidden <laughs> secret fourth level. Mm. Um, when you're playing through it. Um uh, I give this a C. I give it a C plus. Okay. I give it a C plus. I said it's a full game and even has in-game instructions. The issue is that it's not super addictive due to the constant swapping of the characters. So doing that constant swapping is unintuitive um to me um and there's a two flip there is a two-player mode and so cooperatively this would probably be fun as hell if like i was moving the character and you were moving yeah. the blocks this would be a freaking amazing game you, you so know what it like reminded that, it'd probably be a b oh for sure yeah it's it's like trying to play gyromite by yourself or something yes but, exactly but that's a good one well, what it reminded me of you know pressing select to, to go between the two things um, both of them, uh, it, it reminded me of playing, uh, street fighter on the Genesis with a three button controller. Oh yeah. You remember or that? Mortal Kombat two on the Genesis where you got to swap yeah, where you have to... block punches in the kicks. Yeah. Yep. Yes. You got to hit Instant. start to swap. Oh, I am not horrible. a fan of those mechanics. I see what they did here. It's great. It got number three yeah. of 24 in the community. Um, the other pieces really? astronaut is Jordan who does a lot with the um, NES maker community. He does a lot mm -hmm. of games. He did space raft. Um, as yeah. Well. Uh -huh, I figured. And then MT has done a lot of the beautiful, pretty colorful graphics. Cause the graphics in this game are awesome. Yeah. It's um, really good. It's, it's really probably good. the best graphics maybe of all of them, but we'll see what I rated it at the top. I actually forgot what I did for all my top ratings, but, um, mm. but yeah, MT is known in the community as well, which could also like having known community members. I feel like in their ratings does give people more leeway. If they're a known contributor. Yeah. So the fact that MT and Raptor Not are in there probably helps a lot. Um, either way, though, has promise. I give it a C plus. Yeah. Uh, Mosh Lift. Mosh Lift. All right. Mosh Lift is done by Morph Cat Games and is a platformer endless runner. Do you know Morph Cat Games? Yeah, that sounds really familiar, so, but I don't. I'll give everyone a history lesson. Morphcat Games, um, original old school homebrew developer, did Super Bat Puncher, the demo. Uh, really okay. They also um, did this Coco game where it was like this over screen, crazy looking one with empty graphics, um, but also uh, did Micro Mages. Micro Mages. Micro Mages. Also has the NES release. It's on a lot of modern consoles and micro mages i think is also on the evercade and it has a play choice 10 release <laughs> oh wow That's so cool. it is one of the first i think it might be the first and it's homebrew to get a, a full play choice 10 board release um morph cat games though did mosh lift and so uh you are a heavy metal headbanger with metal inspired music playing <laughs> um the levels continually moving up and you bounce and jump up you use the B button also to throw your guitar, which does this kind of springy thing that will shoot you upward um, and gives you, um, you then get an extra momentum that bounces and it will allow you to move up faster. 
Um, and I think it gives you like a couple extra jumps is what it looks like. I wasn't able to quite tack it down as I was playing, but it was fun. Um, the way the character moves with the animation, it looks so freaking cool. Cause he's like doing these flips and Uber things smooth. and yeah. it like, it like almost like flows with the music. Like this is mm. like, a a really cool freaking game. Yeah. My, my first impression of this was, uh, that it took some getting used to, but once I got used to it, it was super fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's yeah. not a lot to the game as, as you know, it's just an endless climber. Uh, it's not like it's level based or even checkpoint based or whatever. Mm-hmm. You just keep climbing, climbing, climbing. High score. As, as high, as, saves yeah, your score. high score. Yep. Arcade game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really well done. I was really impressed by the animation and just the smoothness of uh, of of how you moved, especially yeah, whenever you did that that move where you threw the guitar and it like latches onto a a girder and throws you uh, upward. It's pretty cool. Pretty dang cool. Yeah. And I feel like it's forgiving too. Like I didn't find myself like, cause I like first run through, I played for a while. It was cool. It was cool. Um, um, what'd you give would it? You, uh, I gave it, I gave it a B minus. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I said the game is impressive for homebrew, but it does lack the depth that would make it a full NES release. Yeah. You yeah. Same, same exact grade, same exact notes. Yeah. It, it's um, not uh, deep enough. Yeah, and uh, this was number six of 24. So it was above Cat Mercs in mm-hmm. the ratings, but it was below NES Fish, which I feel like this might be a little higher than NES Fish. Yeah. But that's okay. Next up, my DVD logo daycare. <laughs> God. All right. My DVD do- logo daycare um, developed by Rye Mouth. Um, I put it as a shooter. Um, you're at the top, um, shooting downward, uh, DVD and Blu-ray logos bounce around. You drop food down that changes the colors of the DVD logo, like a screensaver. Um, you also shoot and destroy the Blu-ray logo that takes it away. Um, that's it. I said weird and confusing. Yeah. I, 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 the mechanics. No, I appreciate what they were trying to do there. It's clever. It's, I mean, they're incorporating something that everyone has stared at, uh, at, at yes, and seen and, and is familiar with. But um, execution, not quite there. Yeah. Definitely uh, <laughs> a D title to me. Yeah, I wrote D. I wrote a D title. Um, yeah. I, all my note was not a really fun concept. No. And that was number 22 of 24 within the community. <laughs> Based based on just the the name before I played it, I was so hopeful it was going to be a good game. Honestly, like <clears throat> knowing what they have done in the previous Nest Dev combos, I thought it was just going to be a DVD logo screensaver because uh, <laughs> somebody somebody has they have done tech sides before where it wasn't okay. a game. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the fact that it was a game, I was actually surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. Uh, Pentablocat. Right. Pentablocat. I'm gonna. All right. Pentablocat was uh, developed by Pineberry Fox. It is a falling block puzzle game. Um, So essentially Tetris-style game, but with combinations of five blocks. Um, And then the single cat paws also pop down that add the ability to fix mistakes that you make. Mm -hmm. So when it adds things. That's what I wrote. Meh. You wrote meh? (laughs) Meh. Um, I I give it a C plus. 
Um, I said it's not a bad take on falling block games for what it is. It offers three songs and multiplayer, just like Tetris style. So if I'm comparing it to like NES Tetris or Tangan Tetris, it does do at least that. <laughs> um, but I'm not a fan of overcomplicating Tetris. Same. Um, uh, I, I gave it very low marks on originality, like adding a block to the Tetrominoes. Um, good job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I gave it. I gave it a C. It's a, it's a, it's a functional game. Obviously, it's like if yeah. you want to have fun with it, it yeah, you'll have fun with it. Exactly. And um, yeah, adding Anyways. the adding the cat paw um to fix mistakes. Yeah, you're gonna have a lot more mistakes with five block pieces. So smart. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was rated number eighteen of twenty four by the eighteen community. Okay. Next up is Proximity Shift. Proximity Shift. <laughs> I remember playing this All one. All right. Um, this was developed by Fiskbit with sound by Trirosmos. Mm. <laughs> um, this is a puzzle action game. Uh, you're a ship that can phase back and forth. The goal is to make it through the tight, tight corridors <clears throat> and the level continually scro scrolls. Very basic. And it quickly requires pixel perfect controls as you're like as it's moving up. Um, the, the songs are the song in the game was was really was really cool. Mm -hmm. I put um, "Ow, my head." <laughs> it hurt my brain to play this one. Um, I didn't get that far, but uh, I, yeah. as far as originality goes, I gave it really high marks. Um, Did you get? Um, did you get past the first section or second section or anything? Did you get into yeah. the next? Yeah, I I mean I probably was like I a minute a couple, in. I got a couple sections. Yeah. Yeah. Um it, you, it's where you, you had to start. Yeah, it, it ow, my head. That's that's yeah. all I have to say about that. Um it, um, it takes some brain power. And I wrote it was too basic of an idea for me for a full fledged release. It's yeah, more so okay. like a larger feature of like what would be in a shoot 'em up. Like if it's yeah. shifting and you could shoot at enemies and stuff. Yeah, and uh, like um, uh, Super Starship uh, Deluxe. Um, yes, that we played. Where yes, you phase Project stuff. Starship X. Project Starship. Yeah, I got it wrong, <laughs> but you know what I was talking about. <laughs> Dang it! Ultra Mario Twins. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, but Gianna Brothers and I uh, I gave it a C minus. Um, because to me, it just felt like it was a feature. Now, it was rated number two of 24 in the community. Number two. Two! Um, I feel like that everybody was probably impressed about the, the scrolling, maybe. I okay. The music was great. I mean, like, like I said, originality, I've never played anything like it unless it was on, like, you know, uh, other consoles. Um, now, unless we're both just, you know, noobs and we just got to get further and there, <clears> it opens up with more stuff later, I... For it was it was hurting played. my brain, and I was happy to move on to another game. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it, I, I imagine me yeah, playing ow. that game, and then Miro Junior right after, because Miro Junior is number three with the the Pac Man mm -hmm. games, and then Desert Escape. I'm like playing all these damn puzzle games back to back to back. I'm like, gosh, yeah. man, like <laughs> my brain just kept hurting. Uh, next up was Pie the Piper. Pie the Piper. All right. Um, that game was developed by the Piper, developed by Retro Nika. Um, I put it as an arcade game. 
Um, yeah, it's overhead, it totally feels like one. Yeah, it's an overhead game where you control a baker uh, throwing pies upward. Um, I think B was cherry and A was apple. Um, and each pie knocks out a gray or white mouse. That's actually mm-hmm. one pie cuts one color, um, which you had to figure out. Um, you go down to the bottom to replenish the pies you throw, either on the left or the right, um, which regenerate over time. There are also mice that go on the sides of the level, and if they get to the trap door and get through, they deplete all your pies. But you can go over to it when you replenish the pies and pop their butts off and knock them off. <laughs> um, and it's just a high score game. Like that's what yeah. it does is like you keep playing until the mice eat all your pies, and then they all flush down and, and completely kill you. I, I said uh, 8-Bit Ikaruga. 8-Bit Ikaruga. Based on the, the color matching, you know, like uh, one color only being damaged by a certain color. You know what I mean? Interesting. I mean, obviously, it's not a bullet hell shooter, but um, yeah. I, I, kind of, I kind of feel like it more felt like a root beer or tapper or a tapper Yeah, game. oh, sure, sure. Uh, because as far as the arcade. Tapper uh-huh. sideways, you're throwing yeah. things upward. Um, I wrote down this game. Um, this is a game that feels like a black box title. Like it would have fit in the Nintendo mm. black box series. It even had the mm-hmm. catchy music, man. Um, yeah. The sound amazing. And amazing. if it offered a bit more variety with the levels, um, it might, um, it might be. And if I, which it might be, if I was better at it. So if I beat the level, maybe there's another level. I don't know. I didn't beat the first section. Um, it would have been more like a full release. Like Donkey Kong had four screens. Popeye had multiple screens. So if yeah. it had like some screens that iterative go, it'd feel like mm-hmm. a solid arcadey black box era title. Sure. Um, I give it a C. I gave it a C plus. Um, C plus? I, I thought it was pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, I yeah, I agree. It could could have been better with like more variety. Yeah. But I, I, I dude, the sound and and the um art style were great to me. And originality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was rated number seven of 24. So that was above mm. Cat Mercs. Above okay. Cat Mercs um, and below Mosh Lift. So in between those two. Gotcha. Next up is Rodent Eating Serpent. Rodent Eating Serpent. Let me find it. It was programmed by Niku4211. And it is a puzzle game. Um, it's NES Snake, um, mm-hmm. but with moving rodents as items to get. So instead of getting like an apple as the snake, you have to chase down the rodents that move in a path. And if you get near them, they change direction and do all this stuff. If they hit your tail, they move like a different one. And if you collect 20, it ends. Mm. I don't know if you collected all 20, but it just it ends. There's no level. Um, remember how it? earlier I said there was another game that glitched out on me? This is it. This was it. Uh, every single time I would press start, it would do some glitchy thing and then say, you win. Oh, like so you, a second after. So I again. won. Perfect. <laughs> but I never got to play it. Yeah. Yeah. So you just, but basically as you eat each rodent, your, your snake gets larger, larger mm-hmm. and larger. And you just got it. It's, it's NES snake. It's snakes. Yeah. NES snakes, the original homebrew. It's like first year homebrew for the console. Yeah. Um, I said, it does what it says out to, but is very basic proof of concept demo. Um, I gave it a C minus and 
It's a C minus title. Um, they add, they add, they got to add some, some levels and some features, maybe multiple mice running around just to piss you off. Like it'll, it has some promise if they add some stuff to it, but as a demo, it's fine. And it was rated a uh, 16 of 24. Okay. Uh, and yeah, like I, I'm, I'm not going to give it a grade cause uh, I didn't get to play it. So I hey, didn't play you. <laughs> uh, skate scramble. Skate Scramble, um, developed by Eggs with Legs. Um, <laughs> That's on the nose. Yeah, I wrote it as an arcade <clears throat> platformer, um, and you're you're skating as an egg. Um, game scrolls, and you press the A button to build momentum, and the B button jumps. Um, you need to keep moving, or somebody will run behind you and crack you up as an egg, which is hilarious, yeah. and you die. Um, the goals for a high score and there seems to be levels, even though I died and never got past the levels, but there seems mm -hmm. like there could be levels. Uh, music was, was pretty decent as well. Um, I, my, my impression word was fun with an exclamation mark. I had a lot of fun with this one. Nice. Um, I, it, it reminded me of one of your favorite games, uh, TNT surf. Oh, so I put, it reminded me of California games from the skate section. Okay. Yeah. Especially I, with the I way see the that jump too. is Because the jump is a little delayed. Yeah, um, there's like a momentum kind of thing to the jump. There's like Exactly. Which felt to, to me it. like skates where you have to like jump over things and Yeah. 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 I see that. Mm-hmm. I said show's promise feels like it'd be one of the games from California games. Like it'd be like one of yeah. multiple games um, would need more depth or variety to be a full release. Now, if there's multiple levels and I just got to get good to get to the end of levels and there's multiple levels with, you know, extra content and extra stuff in there. I give it a C plus B minus for me. Yeah. B minus. We're, we're right there. I could be uh argue to get to the B minus level. I like it. Um, yeah. And it was rated number 17 of 24. It was rated what? very Come low. Come on. It was rated below. What in the Rodent world? It was rated below the snake game with one level. I'm disgusted. <laughs> I mean, it was rated below Firewall. Oh, gosh. It was above Pence Blow Cat. <clears throat> I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Pence Block Cat. All right. Snow Brawl is up next. Snow Brawl. Um, this one was uh, developed by Zvintac. I like price Zvintac, but with the V. Um, I put it as an arcade versus a two-player game. Uh, you have to play with two players, and you throw snowballs. You take out the other's players' lives, and you win. That's mm -hmm. it. I put a better version of combat. Huh. So I my notes was proof of concept, not a full-fledged game. Because it literally you just play it once and you're done. Yeah, single screen. Um, yeah. And, and there's no yeah. levels to it. There's no no. You just play and win. Um, proof of concept demo. Um, I gave it yeah. a D. D. Yeah, D. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just base basic, very basic experience. Real Not basic. Bad. Like it was programmed well, played. Fun. Oh, <laughs> I can't wait till this one. Oh. Star Command. <laughs> um. So Snow Brawl, by the way, was number oh sorry 20, sorry was number twenty one of twenty four. Okay, yeah. Um, Star Command, uh, developed drives. by Squeaky Fox, and it is a shooter. Uh, I wrote very basic Space Invader. Is it a shooter? <laughs> it's a very basic Space Invader style game. Yeah. No hit detection. I didn't say shoot him up. I said shooter, arcade yeah. shooter. 
Um, oh no, 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 no! I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just like it was. Yeah, I'll, I'll wait my turn. Uh, there's no hit detection, and you shoot one slow shot that doesn't disappear until it gets through the top of the screen or makes contact with something. That is it. There's stuff that falls, and you shoot. No score, yeah. no nothing else. And your little character looks like it's from Space Invaders. Yeah. Star Command, obviously a missile command um, name type. Yeah, game. I put UG terrible because uh, yeah, the hit the hit detection's not there. Well, and to me, uh, missile command you use a, a scrolling block. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, but that that was just how it was supposed. Even the background like um, artwork uh, made it look like the the spheres, like the the explosions in missile command. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, there's nothing. Nothing. No, it's not even again. It's nothing like it. No, it's like it's like I literally put an asset and a shot and another asset and uh, put, put detection. That's it. No, it, it's like nothing. yeah. It, it it reminded me of someone in like programming class, like programming Hello World. This yeah. was just like, hey, I can do something. I I gave it an F. Proof of yeah, concept. F. Absolutely. <laughs> I said I got some that are lower than that D. <laughs> F. Yeah. F. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's nothing. That one was up, and that one was number twenty-three of twenty. Oh, that's so funny! Yeah, I I rated that one one point lower than uh, the one that I said I rated lower. So golf cart that, that was twenty-four. Good. Yeah, uh huh. And yeah, then twenty-three golf was golf. Yeah. Cart. So they had golf cart as twenty-four. This one was twenty-three. I'd have okay. it flip flopped, but you know, yeah, same, but same, same is very close. So the community has it right <laughs> with the games that aren't like full games. Yeah. All right. What else? What's next? Next up is Super Strife. Super Strife. Let me find it. Interesting. You didn't go in alphabetical order, but that's okay. Um, Super Strife was developed by Mazine Ak. <laughs> that's the name. Um, mm-hmm. Arena fighting game. Uh, this is a PvP fighting game where you have small characters with guns that go against each other. Um, also supports up to eight players which I assume is a double multi-tap addition to be able to play eight for for on a homebrew game. And so, yeah, so each you get a bunch of different characters you choose from some shoot, some have a damn flamethrower and you rinse and repeat to see who, who wins. Yeah. Without uh, a second person to play with, I don't think I, I can give it a a fair grade, but um, uh, sound and art style. I gave um, middle of the road, Uh, but I'm going to just, stop there and not give it a letter grade because I didn't really get to play against anyone. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I didn't play versus anyone, but I did, like, have the... Because I was playing it in F- FCEUX. I had the controller set to player one. I did the keyboard to player two so I can move okay. around. Mm-hmm. Um, and it plays solid. The All mechanics right. are there. Um, I said the game shows promise. With more levels, computer AI, this would be a solid, full-fledged game um, and would boost it up the grade. I give it a B-. minus. Give it a B minus for what okay. it is because it's it's a solid competitive game. They added eight player support, which is impressive. Uh, next up is Tiny Golf. Um, Super Strife was number twelve. Oh, sorry, twenty four. So it's right number in the middle. Twelve. Okay. Um. So there was an S game that you didn't mention, Senseless City. Um. Yeah, I I noticed that I I only had twenty three on this list, so I Senseless I may have actually. City? missed playing that one too okay um let's do senseless city real quick okay um senseless city space jesus um developed oh by... i did not play that was that even in the downloads yes 
Okay. Um, developed by Ronnie Baker, and it is a choose your own adventure game. Freaking cool. Um, this is um one, and so for you know, context for video game bullshit, I actually uh programmed my own choose your own adventure called Miles Oh, uh, cool. And so this one though takes that, Tristan, and it mm-hmm. like raises the freaking bar this game is cool as hell so there's really cool images that go along with it so like there'll be like a a big ass character and it says what do you do do you run do you attack do you try to talk to him and then it talks to you and does all this shit it's it is awesome it's a cool proof of concept game um the thing is it is only a proof of concept because it only offers a few screens and then it fishes out the story and then it says at the end well here's what i could do with things and so like it literally goes through like maybe two or three different option text option substrains and i gave it a b minus okay gave it a b minus yeah, it's I, awesome if they fully would, fledged out this whole story i would i would publish this physically well i'm gonna have to go back and play that one then because um yeah i just looked at my rom folder somehow i didn't download it from the roms that you uploaded oh. i missed that one yeah. i don't know how well, because like there was no way to package up all of the Nest App yeah. compost, so mm-hmm. we put them all individually in the folder, so that way we could yeah, I, I missed one. Yeah, but Senseless City um, was cool, and it was rated number thirteen, right under Super Stripe. Though I would rate it a little higher, but it is only a proof of concept, so I get it. it's okay. not a full game. Yeah. All right, now um, we're going to Tiny Golf next. Yeah, tiniest of all golfs. Um, another one programmed by Johnny Bot, um, and it is a golf hey. game. Um, wrote little version of mini golf that offers up to eight players. Um, super basic, but for what it is, it works well. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I put it that it's very addictive. I love games like that. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, so my, my synopsis said for what it is, it works well, feels more like a flash game or a very, very early Famicom release. Mm-hmm. Um, gave it a C yeah. plus because of that. Cause it's literally just one, um, nine hole game of mini golf. Yeah, yeah, C minus for sure. C minus. I have a C plus, so we will pop it yeah, in the just, middle as a C. Yep. Yes. Um. And so yeah, they had it as nineteen of twenty four, which I feel like is a little harsh because it was a that's fun that's really game. harsh. Yeah, a little harsh because it was a fun game, but again, it only had nine, and it doesn't do anything graphically crazy. <laughs> it's just green on you know black or whatever. But it's, yeah, it's it's as simple as his other game. Um. Uh, super puzzle fighter, <laughs> color yeah, match combat. Fighter. Super puzzle fighter. <laughs> I think we got one game left, Tristan. We do. Final game in alphabetical order is Treasure Hunt. Treasure Hunt, also programmed by Johnny Bot. <laughs> no way. He did three. And and Niku uh forty two eleven. Um, and this one is a puzzle game. Um, is pretty fun. It is a basically two player minesweeper, which mm-hmm. I thought was pretty freaking yeah. cool. Um, mm-hmm. you play as ships trying to find treasure. Um, you can play two players on one controller or two players on two controllers, which I thought was a fun option. So, if those of you that want to just play on an emulator, you can just or on a handheld, you can just hand it back and forth. Um, but you try to find treasures, you get the same hint. So you click the button and it'll tell you how many surrounding ones, just like Minesweeper, how many ones are connected to a treasure piece. Um, and I, I assume I didn't get through a whole full board, but I assume once you do it, no. the most treasure wins. Yeah. Um, I thought it was clever. I've never heard of a multiplayer Minesweeper and I like Minesweeper. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be fun. Very clever. I give it a B minus. 
Um, yeah, I, I gave it a B. Yeah. Yeah. I said, this feels like something that would be at home with the black box era of the NES. Um, would need some uh, board options to be a full-fledged game, like m- multiple levels to be a full-fledged game. That's fair. Or like, yeah. or like in Minesweeper, you got easy, medium. Hard. Oh yeah, the the density of mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't know if you can lose either, so that it'd be cool to have some like like you know because you're in a, a pirate ship, there'd be like bombs or something that blow you up. Yeah. That'd be cool. Maybe giving more mines in the water. I don't know. <laughs> this was a really fun assignment. I, I I really like going through like such a variety of uh, you know un, untested games, if you want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like our overall award categories are going to be different too, because some of your comments were different, some of mine, and I wrote mm-hmm. up all mine after I played everything. I put it up there in my sure. categories without like going back. I didn't do any scoring like you did. So I just went off of my like feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's do the award category. Oh, uh, did I say what number um, it was? It was uh, treasure last. hunt. No, you didn't say I did not say treasure hunt. Treasure hunt was number 14 of 24. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right in the middle. Yes. Um, so, um, art and style, Tristan. What is your top one for art and style? I had two that tied, and it was between well, uh, make the... the hard choice, Tristan. Okay, well, uh, double dream. Double dream was your art. Double and style. dream. Okay, cool. Um, and mine was Miro Junior. Um, okay, Miro Junior with the unicorns and all the beautiful. Mm-hmm. Gra- I just felt like the graphics in that one, and it, that is a style of MT. The the pastels and everything. I felt like from a graphic. Yeah. Oh no, it, it looks great. Um. Yeah. The gameplay didn't match it because it was freaking hurt my mm-hmm. brain. But um, and so why did you pick um Double Dream? Uh, I picked Double Dream Dream um because uh, it, it looked like something that would actually be on the NES. Uh, mm-hmm. something that I would actually pop in to my NES like from a cartridge. It, it looked like a game that I would play, so yeah. it didn't look out of place. Yeah, I mean that's a hundred percent right though. It's like some of these games too are like really cool just experience. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you do for sound? Sound and music. Uh for sound, I gave uh Pi the Piper uh the highest marks. Interesting. Um I I thought that you it like was that really old school yeah. Arcade? yeah, but I mean, no, it, it was just like really cool. Um uh gosh, I didn't even know how to like it's it's that like echoey music that the NES is capable of of putting out, and I, I just I don't know. It was it was catchy. Um, for me, it was far and away Mosh Lift. Uh, Mosh Lift, okay, yeah, the whole, heavy, fair, the whole heavy metal freaking music. <laughs> oh, it was so good. Um, yeah, I loved it, and combined that with the animation in the game and everything, it gave it a good uh-huh. NES feel and experience, and it like kind of yeah. like raised the bar from a musical perspective. I loved mm-hmm. it. Um, polish and completeness as a game. Uh, that goes for me to Echoes of the Unread. Okay, for me it was Little Sisyphus. Yeah, Little Sisyphus. I, it, to be fair, I didn't get to play it because yeah. it glitched out on me. Little, so Little Sisyphus is a is a full game, and <clears throat> Echoes of the Unread. Okay, nice. They're very polished games, man. There were some some really standout. I was impressed. Very impressed. Um, what won uh, originality for you? Uh, originality would have to go to um, uh, proximity shift. Okay, 
And I, I know that it got high marks like overall in the competition, which I wouldn't give it personally. But um, as far as originality, I, I can't think of another game on the NES that's like that. Yeah. Um, I actually put Double Dream Prototype as mm-hmm. mine because I like the way that the momentum-based uh, kicking and bouncing <laughs> yeah. and all that. I loved how that all worked, and I so liked bizarre, that it was dude. an explore- exploration game. Mm-hmm. I feel like with a small tutorial, that would have been an awesome game because it, like, it's it's there. It's polished. Um, yeah. You know, it's... Like you, you liked uh, the art and style of it. You know what I mean? Like it's just like it felt mm-hmm. like a full NES game, and it was like original. It had its own mentality. It looked like there was a lot more to do, man. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite from a gameplay perspective? Uh, from a gameplay perspective, I gave it to uh, Skate Scramble. Oh, it was just really like fun. It, uh, yeah, it was satisfying. It felt okay. so good to jump. And See, uh yeah, really and mine also had jumping, but mine was NES fish. I loved and the fish, game. Yeah, I, dude, I, I yes, mm-hmm. like the yeah, gameplay in that was spot on. It was tight. It was like it could have been with it, with some polish. It could be a full fledged NES. Fish. I totally agree with that. Like, I mean, you know, if Skate Scramble weren't in there, fish would have been my my choice for that because yeah. it felt really good. Yeah. Um, and then the only final one is the overall favorite game of video game bullshit. Um, mine had the highest grade uh, of an <laughs> A. We only had one that had an A. So, yeah. I mean, Echoes of the Unread. Echoes of the Unread. is my favorite. It's the and unanimous decision. It was freaking awesome. I yeah, love it. Um, it's so good. Well, and the thing is, it was just interesting that Echoes of the Unread was number 10 in the overall. But if Clever Cat Games wants to publish echoes of the unread you know finish it up whatever they got to do like hit oh, us. I w- i'm on board dude i want to do that manual we yes. are a publisher so hit us up that one like winning the video game bullshit when we're tied with the ability to publish games if you want to publish it on a on a wider platform even if you do your own one clever cat if you do your own one cool but if you want us to publish it we are we are interested. Tristan and Jeff are interested. I'll tell you yes. that much. As a reminder, like what what did it get in the competition? What was its overall? And it got number ten. Number ten, and it got number one for us. Number we are one. way way far off from far and away. Um, yeah, not not far and away because little uh, Sisyphus did get number one, and that was pretty close to the top as well. Mm-hmm. It got a B plus. Um, so, but I mean, like we're we're miles apart from the grading that they gave it <laughs> you know yes. i mean yes that's crazy and, you know we're talking about too is like what feels like it would be a full-fledged release on the nes and you know we are a publisher so it does we do what? have a little bit of practice playing a lot of stuff and you know that's why we what did it su- with this flavor what a surprise jeff and tristan went for the the metroidvania <laughs> i might have the metroidvania chronicles which is on kickstarter everyone Ooh. <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was fun though that was a fun um a lot really of fun. games to play now that being said i also did take my notes which means i am going to upload those onto the mm-hmm. hagensalley.wordpress.com blog not the store from Hagen's Alley. I'll put a link to it on Hagen'sAlley.com, but I will put it on the blog so it's preserved. Because that is one thing 
Um, I want all the text base to be preserved. And I'll put pictures of every game on there too, so that way all can, these independent. Can I throw my? Uh, can I throw my picture of my uh, Excel spreadsheet on there with all my scores and and comments <laughs> in there too? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yes. For sure. He's put in the because com- there's comments on the blog. He's put in the comments. <laughs> and I'll also pop in the the um this episode as well on there. I just like the idea of like putting it because one of the things on my WordPress blog was is we typed in NES homebrew for years. My top 10 was turning to top 18 was the top hit. <clears throat> so I do want to put this up in the top tens as well. I'm just gonna put the NES compo 23. It'll be fun to do. Yeah. Um, I look forward to when the Nest Maker comes out we're gonna do a, another yes. one on here it'd be awesome um yep. and if any of these developers want to come on and talk with us about and bullshit with us about their game like we can do an interview episode i know some people will probably listen and watch and you know we give our unbiased uh feedback on all these games um as players and also we did that extra bit of full-fledged because we do have the publisher brain on ourselves as well mm-hmm. um now i said we speak on behalf of jeff and tristan because premium is a team so it's not we don't we can't just say all right we're signing it it's like no we absolutely um would put echoes of the unread yeah, we, as a full-fledged we we want you at, at our table um, yes. talk, talking about your game so now as we went through this episode we did mention ones that you know if it had polish here or there if, if you are a developer and and you're like, oh yeah i did that purposely as a demo i am doing all this polish hit us up um because like yeah. if we said that you know it, it feels like a full-fledged release with some polish like you never know because again as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode we are also doing the 8-bit indie collections on Nintendo Switch. And so some of these games could be added to that 8-bit collection. Even some of the smaller ones as a bonus unlockable. Like there is some options here uh, from a publisher perspective because some of these games, like, I mean, hell, your skate game, that could be one that would be fun as hell and, to play as a bonus. And dude, if if they, uh, you know, make it fully fledged, I would love to play Cat Gunsmoke. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. I'm all so, about it. So there are some options. And then we both... 100% realize that these are demos and some of these are made yeah. quickly and all of that. Um, so, and we appreciate it. There's a lot of talent in this, in this community. And the mm-hmm. fact that they, this was the, this year's release, 24 games in a year. That's awesome. I love it. It's fun. Yeah. This, this did, was a privilege to play. It really um, was. Now um, to do a little self plugs and all that stuff. Um, the NES oddities in the homebrew revolution book. Uh, published, um, I authored it, published by Higgins Alley Books, does include every single NES homebrew game, uh, including some of the NES Dev Compos, all the way up to when NES Maker was announced and revealed. So it is, it is all, it's been published many years ago, but it does, it is a way for those of you that are more interested in hearing about the history of NES homebrew, everything with NES homebrew, there is a way mm-hmm. to do that. My Nintendo, my complete NES Nintendo book that is coming out does have a highlight of all of the physical releases that feel like they should be on the NES. They have the feel of it. They're not just a demo. Those are all curated and in that book as well. Um, and in the future, if people want me to do another homebrew digest, or maybe we got the Metroidvania Chronicles, maybe we do the indie aftermarket chronicles or something we start talking about all these brand new ones in a quarterly magazine. I would be down to do that, Tristan. Mm-hmm. Like cover cover independent homebrew stuff from our perspective yeah um, do do exactly what we just did but put it down in print would be amazing yes 
And I mean, I already took notes on all this stuff. So just doing yeah. it as a full fledged re- review would be fine. Um, that being said, though, I would want to give every developer a chance to refine or work on or give us more context on their games if we're going to put yes. it in print. <laughs> like uh, I, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's got to be fair. It's got to be fair. Exactly. Exactly. Because right now we're just talking our experiences, but it was a really fun project to do for the episode um and we promise we're going to get to the best games of 2023 um we will probably get that and hopefully in episode 129 maybe um we'll see jeff we still Uh, got exactly two weeks left in 2023 so we'll get there we'll get there fortunately my job didn't uptick so i should have a lot all the time (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it's it's super cool um and then we do have um a game that was provided to us by a developer that we're going to play um, called TV TV. I got to figure TV, out how to say yeah. it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. that, we, that we will be playing for, for bullshit homework. Um, and then Tristan and I had talked and we do want to cover um, Sega Genesis hacks, like fan hacks of games. I think that'd be yeah. fun as hell to do. Uh, probably the beginning of the year, we'll probably cover some of that, but that'll be um, another list of playing and see how we feel. Uh, Cause we are talking about the Tristan's like, what the hell music was used at the beginning of 127? And I wouldn't tell him, wouldn't tell him. <laughs> I was like, no, it's a classic bullshit one. And um, there's a little story behind it, but it was the, the intro song in 127 was kid chameleon. One of the songs from one of the levels, but the intro of Kid Chameleon, Kyle and I used at Midwest Gaming Classic um, mm-hmm. as our intros. We came in and we were like, <laughs> like we nice, had because de- nice. there was like um, a DJ. It was like Overdrive Reality um, that was DJing the whole thing. And they actually run the after party now at Midwest. But they were doing like uh, running some music and doing like interviews that year. And they had we had them lead us into our panel, which was right across the way in the <laughs> when it was in the hotel. And we kind of like jived up there and it was it, we were such dorks. I love it. It was so fun. It's all on video. It's all on Amazon. Uh, <laughs> the tales from the Midwest gaming classic, Tristan. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Can't wait um, to the next one. Oh, be fun. I, April. I wish I could go. I wish I could go. I'm, I might still do it. I might try to just yeah. fly my butt out there and do it. I haven't mm-hmm. um, committed yet because with this new adventure that I'm having to do, if I'm in seat, I may not have the time, but I might just do it for the weekend, fly out early, yeah. get my butt out there and then fly back in just to do it. it it's just from Hawaii. It's so costly, but then I'm like, man, Dude. I'm going to be out of Hawaii and I haven't missed a Midwest gaming classic in like 10 years. Mm. Ah, fuck. Well, we'll see. Everybody, time. instead of the Tristan convinced me not to buy, Tristan convinced me to go to Midwest Gaming. <laughs> um, and I know the right before it, maybe a couple of weeks, I'll be at Game On Expo, though, because for my daughter's spring break, mm-hmm. we're already going to be in Cali. So I'm going to go a couple of days early to Game On Expo in Phoenix, Arizona, and then go yeah. to Disney with my family for my daughter's spring break. I just think that Midwest is like two weeks later, and that's a that's a big uh, plane ticket for me huge yeah um maybe maybe i'll talk to dan lucen who runs midwest and be like, all right get me out here how do i convince me how do i get out yeah, of here exactly it's time too it's like freaking 10 12 hours of flight time too yeah hawaii is a little far away it's a bit it's a bit if i get internet connectivity though i could work on my books with research that might be be 12 hours of unmitigated research might be yeah. fun to do um, cause I could take the time off. I could have somebody cover down on the army side. It's just, what do I do? What do I do? 
Um, yeah, it's going to be kind of in, in a weird time for me too, because around that same time I'm, I'm starting school. So I really don't know what my schedule is going to look like. We'll, we'll yeah. see, but it's all online. So I'll make it work. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm going to be doing for a year. Once I got to Texas is basically schooling. I'll be in training, mm-hmm. but schooling and papers and stuff for a year, Yeah, which will be nice for me. Cause I won't have to, I won't be in charge of a bunch of stuff <laughs> for one year. <laughs> what, a, what a nice uh, change of pace. I'll be in a break. <laughs> to just learn and train. Yeah. Um. I think we should put a bow on it though. It's been a long episode already. Alrighty. Yeah, man. So everybody, uh, you can find us uh, books at HagensAlley.com is where all of the books are at. PremiumEditionGames.com are the games. You can find Tristan's individual games from the video game collectors field guide Where, what is the website again tristan i mess it up every time from vgcollectorguide.com vgcollectorguide.com and that is how many consoles are up there now uh still just like well no i actually added i added a couple so now 50 there are exactly 50, 50 up there now. different guides on his website can yes. you say everyone that tristan is a madman yes yes madman. we can Madman. All those are going to be in one giant tome of four books. Yep. The and then uh, uh, it hasn't quite made its way over to HagensAlley.com yet, but you can get my console guide, the video game console collector's field guide at PremiumEditionGames.com currently. Yeah. Like we're, we're currently in the process of moving all books to Hagen's Alley, but they're with mm-hmm. premium in the premium warehouse instead of the Hagen's Alley yeah. warehouse. Um, I move so much. That's why I have to have warehouses, everyone. Um, so basically, the video game console collectors field guide, Switch Collector Volume 1, Volume 2 Part 1, Volume 2 Part 2, and I think the final copies of the Punch-Out book are all over with Premium, so they're only on that website because it's easier for shipping. Uh, everything else is with the Hagen's Alley warehouse where we are and we are going to ship those all they should be shipping like within the month or two um over there yep. and then we'll consolidate it all and we'll market it all once it's over there and we'll maybe run a big sale and it'll be a lot less confusing there. for everyone <laughs> yeah it'll be great <laughs> but you never know um and then of course uh mighty fight federation the gamers for gamers one which a percentage does go to a charity that we consolidate and set up game rooms uh, mm-hmm. across the country. Most of them have been on the East coast so far because that is where gamers for gamers is located, but we're open anywhere. <clears throat> so if you also have any ideas of a homeless shelter or somewhere where some kids could utilize some, you know, gameplay, some, cause just to, you know, cause they're all on their own. The kids are on their own. Like if they need something as a distraction, it's kind of why we're doing that. So it's, it's a really cool thing. It's why I started working initially with gamers for gamers in the first place. Cause they were doing this charity stuff. It was awesome. That's why. And now gamers for gamers is like the main button for premium edition games. Cause they are so awesome. Uh, Josh yeah. and are great. Um, but yeah, great people. Um, but anyways, everybody, we appreciate you all. Support these damn developers. Play all of these homebrew games. They were freaking fun. And if yes. they do individual releases, support them and buy the buy the physical releases. Even if it's of the demos, that's cool. It's a point of time. And usually, if the developers mm-hmm. do release them, there's like 10 copies, man. Like, you're talking limited print runs. Like, I did in the book. There's like some that have single-digit number of releases so yeah support them they will usually communicate on social media or in facebook groups and stuff support them all um and absolutely to keep this community alive because it's one of my favorites tristan as it should be super fun 
All right, everybody. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Later, guys. Thank you.